When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, what a goal! Danny Alley! King goes for it! Oh, what a goal from Harry Kane! Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they did it! I cannot Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. Thanks so much for joining us under really difficult circumstances. Um, obviously, we're just recording on the back of losing to Arsenal in a North London derby. Never, never easy at all. Um, if you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Audio Boom, across a range of different audio platforms. We are, of course, on Twitter. At last word on Spurs, we're on Facebook and Instagram too. And for better or for worse, and this is definitely one of those worst feelings, we're also recording live on YouTube. Not a time you want to be recording live. Pleased to have back alongside me three returning guests to the last word on Spurs. And my man I speak to daily, hourly, it's pretty burdened by the minute in the last hour and a half or so. The wonderful Anthony Costas back on the last word on Spurs. And hey. I know you probably got no words, same as I have. Whoa. No, no I'm really happy to be on the show, Rick. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, what a great show to be a part of today after that, you know, that, 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 that game of football that I saw today. So I'm really much looking forward to getting into the swing of things and really dissecting the beautiful game today with you, Ricky and Talia. Oh, I, don't know. I don't know where we go from here, quite literally. Um, also back on the show, pleased to have him alongside us as well. Uh, battling illness, I must say. And also, I've got to say, for Anthony Costa, he's in a hotel room. He's not been in a prison somewhere. Although, you know, for watching that performance, you might be put in a prison for that. Um, Ricky Norwood's back on the last one on Spurs. Rick's pleased to have you here in a difficult circumstances. How are you? You know, I love being on the show. I mean, I wish it was under better circumstances. Yes, I've got a, a bit of the sniffles and um, I'm, I've got a locket in right now as well to help me through the show. So we're here, mate. We're here. So it's great to be back on. Great to be back on. Thanks for having me. Also pleased to have back on the show. We've got Talia Corrin. Big opinions always on the last word on Spurs. Talia, how are you on the back of that? Never been better, Ricky, clearly. Just had the time of my life this afternoon. It's just been incredible. I'd watch it all over again. That's so difficult. Anyone that does it, though, sarcastic. Yeah. Oh, 
it, as I say, it's, it's so tricky when you do this straight after a game like that with the emotion um, of what is going on with Tottenham right now. You know, there's a lot of talk in terms of the manager, uh, set-up, formation, the board. Uh, we're going to try and touch up all, all those parts in the last word on Spurs. But um, we are going to dive straight into it because there's no easy way of talking about Tottenham, especially under these circumstances. And and let's come to you. Um, Spurs lose 3-1 after what can only be described as an appalling first half. I mean, bizarrely or not, they actually had enough chance in that second half to grab a point. And I'm, I'm not dressing that up at all because, um, you know, Arsenal stepped down the gears because of just how poor Tottenham actually became. But particularly with Kane's big shot, Lucas hitting the bar, Son's goal, the damage was merely done in that first half. Can you give us a summary of just your emotions of how you feel on the back of watching Spurs in that kind of that kind of climate? Uh, Rick, I mean, do, do you want the truth or do you want me to sugarcoat it? No, we want the truth. That's what you're here for. Yeah. You're here for the truth. It was truth. appalling. It was appalling. Disgraceful. From minute one to minute 90. Okay, I'm smiling now, but that's my way of hiding emotions. I spoke to Ricky Norwood after the game. And you know when you're so angry that you have to laugh because you'll start being too upset. That's how I feel now. If they can't get up for a North London derby, no matter who the manager is, we'll come on to that in a bit. Don't, 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 don't play for Tottenham. Don't play for Tottenham. Don't, don't care who you are. Right? Um, that first 30 minutes was probably the worst bit of football that I've seen in a very long time. No passion, no heart, no desire, no fight. Um, and I think that a lot of it has to do with the players. And we'll come on to the manager as well in a bit. And, um, I was I was absolutely disgraced. I thought, what am I watching here? Um, I didn't think we'd I didn't think we'd ever win today. I would have taken a point all day long, which I'm sure you just said that we had chance to make it a point. But by that time, damage limitation was done. Okay, um, the players are simply not up for it, and 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 I'm just absolutely fuming. I'm really really fuming today. Um, I could take losing. I'm a Spurs fan. We all up. We lose all the time. But to over. Three games to lose nine one. It's 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 a lot of questions have to be asked, mate. Because, yeah, ah, oh, for fuming, absolutely fuming. Come round to you, Ricks, because generally, uh, the way I saw it for me, there was really no passion, no fight, no enthusiasm there at all in a North London derby until Oliver Skip came on, bizarrely, in terms of um, him not starting the game. But uh, a manager clearly at the moment with no real idea and a sit-back mindset. For some, they'll say that's embarrassing. Uh, the crazy thing is that there were enough moments in that second half to maybe have taken something. But how do you kind of come to terms with the way Spurs played in that first half and, in general, the whole game? I can't come to terms with it. I, I, I just can't. Ricks slow, they were sloppy, the short passes were too short, the long passes were too long, the tactics were negative, it was just kind of, you know, just ping it up there, ping it up there, ping it and it wasn't working and there was no change in the tactics either. For Spurs, that Songo at least made sure that Spurs didn't lose three consecutive league games by three goals or more for the first time ever. But as good as Arsenal were, this was an absolute shambles from Spurs. They're going backwards faster than quite ever before in these last couple of years. Um, can you quite tell us how you feel about being a Spurs fan at the moment and the way in which we can try and eradicate uh, how our season is quite simply crumbling before our eyes here at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I think, it, like the other said, it's so difficult to describe because, you know, we are all Spurs fans and have been Spurs fans forever. And I think we're all in a place where we didn't exactly expect the most amazing performance or the most amazing game. And I think we've won, what, two at the Emirates in like the last 30 appearances and something. So I don't think any of us were like super optimistic to be like, oh, 
we're so going to win because that's not where we are at the moment. But I think today exceeded all expectations of being terrible. Um, like before the game, Nuno was so vocal, like this is a special game for us. This is a special game for our fans. Well, who fucking told the players that? No one. They did not try at all. I said they weren't vocal. They can see they don't look at each other and just think, all right. You know, there's just nothing to say at all. And I think all of us just kind of watched on and just thought, what is this? It's just awful and it has to change. I think the formation is wrong. I know we'll probably discuss it further, but 4-3-3 gets you sacked and he keeps doing it and it's not working. The players aren't buying it and it's not working. And that's, you know, simple, simple stuff. And you just said, you know, we have downgraded. And I think someone said before, all of our old players are better than our new ones. Rose is better than Regulon. Walker was better than Emerson or Jaffa. Like Toby and Jan are better than Sanchez, Dyer, etc., etc. We have gone backwards, and it's yeah. very clear that we've gone backwards. And until we go forwards, we're stuck, and we're going to stay. Yeah, Tyler, you're spot I, I, on, mate. You're spot yeah. on, spot on. The minute that I, I forgot, you're absolutely right, Tyler. That minute that they scored their first goal, it was heads down. They're all looking at each other, who to blame? Just right, go with your man. Go with your man. It's, just, it's space in between everything. What is it? What do you do on a week? What do you do every week? I'm fed up. I don't want to be seeing on Twitter everyone laughing and smiling. I don't want to see it, man. You're going to war. It's North London derby. You've got to be up for it. But that's the thing. I said, regardless of talent, there was zero passion today. Zero. And, I, and I think mate. I even said, Lamella, bless him, who we all hate. He yeah. is the player. You missed that today. And that is how far that we've got. It's like someone like Lamella was missing because he would have tackled everything, won every ball and ran and ran. And fair play, Lucas, Sonny, that is, they do that. But we were shit today and no one had passion. And that's it. It, it was just rubbish. Yeah. I mean, it's quite clearly indefendable. Um, you know, Rick, after the game, we actually saw Graham Roberts tweet, a former Spurs player, that he doesn't think he's ever seen or played in a derby where there is only one sub um, to get booked with no passion, commitment in a first half where Spurs really did need to wake up and start getting players to show the enthusiasm for the badge. I mean, this is a North London derby. This is just embarrassing, isn't it? You know, to have to get players up for a North London derby, it's the biggest game on the calendar, away to Arsenal. The setup was just so poor in the first half and the players just look lost, they look disengaged. And it makes you wonder just how much authority and credibility Nuno does really have in that dressing room. Yeah, you're you're right, and and uh, Roberts is right as well, mate. It's it's the thing is, is that we can see how stagnant it, it is. The first three games, I was kind of like, okay, because I was speaking to Anthony, and I was like, all right, cool, like not too many shots, not not too many kind of really lovely moments of football, but we're winning one nil. The biggest the biggest thing that we had to deal with last year was to sort out the defence because there was gaps everywhere in that defence. So I thought, okay, cool. Maybe these first three games, that's what, what they're doing. They're going to be solid for a minute. And and then as they gain trust, like in the defence and in those defensive midfielders, then we can push on and start playing. But I have not, se I have not seen any movement. Like, if we're not just talking about, all right, look, last week, we was against Chelsea, one of the toughest defences. They're, they're on a high after the Champions League. Do you know what I mean? All right, cool. All right. I would have loved to have seen more, but all right, cool. This week, the Gooners, they, you know, they, they're not a great side right now. 
Like, they're not a great side. But what they did do, which is the most embarrassing thing, I think, for us all, was turn up, you know, play for the shirt, slam a tackle, make a barge, make it messy, make it niggly, and score three goals. All down the same side. All It, it was... That's 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 what is making my blood boil today, is the fact that none of them, especially in the first half, the reaction, the reaction to going down, like to the first goal, where, where was the reaction? Where was Harry? Where where's he going? Let's go, let's go. All right. Where well, are these leaders? The where are these leaders? Where are these leaders? None. Yeah. None. Um, guys, you know it, it took seventy-two days to appoint Nuno. And 88 days later only, he's already facing immense pressure for his job. There's already many people that are calling for his head. Some feel it's the time to go. Um, and that's, like I say, 88 days later. Um, and you look at the cases also that in the last 365 days, Nuno Espirito Santos' teams have played 42 Premier League games and have only scored 37 goals. That's a quite simply staggering stat. And, you know, better second half from Spurs is how poor that awful first half was. But... You know, when you look at those stats like that, you know, it undoubtedly does raise questions over the manager. Now, I could quite easily do this show and debate the game about Arsenal and go into a massive review of that. I don't think that's really right for tonight. I think there's different segments that we need to address. One of them first is being Nuno Espirito Santo, whether he is under severe pressure now or his job this early into the season. And I want to come around to you. You're always very vocal. We spoke all the time about <clears> Nuno. Um the setup was so bad in that first half. I already said the players, they look lost. They look disengaged, not interested. And again, I said it questions for me the credibility and authority Nuno has within that dressing room. So for you already, Anne, is he under huge pressure? And already 100%. so, does he need to go, in your opinion? Is it already a case where you Rick, Rick, to go? Rick, this is, this is not good enough. OK, the first three games papered over a lot of cracks. Okay, we had City the best time to play. First game of the season, everyone's rolled up. Brilliant, great, one nil. See you later. But it's the week after, okay, and a week after that, okay, we won them three games. But last season, I got pelters because I was saying about Mourinho's team winning one nil against Burnley and winning two one against Brighton and did a debt and so and so and so and so. And I don't keep going about the past. But so this season, I looked at it as a whole. I thought, okay, I'm going to watch the football inside more of things, right? Whereas last year, it was about the results. Just get the results and try and get into Europe again. What I've seen has been nothing more than pathetic. The football has been atrocious, right? Okay, 3-0 against Palace. Okay, it's been day. He had a shocking cameo when he came on later against Wren. What are we doing? Applauding mediocrity now. Is that what we do as a club, as a fan base? Because I'm seeing no Nuno out or anything. I'm not saying, listen, if this is time to go, it's time to go. I'm a Spurs fan regardless, right? Okay, like like you guys on the panel. It's his, it's, he's, he's out of his debt now. He's out of his debt. Enough's enough. How long do we wait till the end of November? And when we're lining 13th, 14th, maybe. I might be wrong. Hopefully we're higher up the table. But at this present time, the table doesn't lie, does it? Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't lie at all. Um, you know, for me, Rick, coming over to you, and I said this is the show is going to be a bit of a change-up tonight. Normally we'd sit and discuss the game at length. I think due to the nature of some performances and results, we have to look at the manager. Um, you know, it was an absolutely, for me, bizarre approach from Spurs where the plan seemed to be to avoid engaging with some of the opponents and even leaving each of them to someone else. There was no tackles. 
no tracking of runners, just really a bunch of statues there. That's all I can describe it as. And we bad any game, but a derby. And you can totally understand why the fans are livid. So in your opinion, Rick, um, where are you on the manager? And is he for you now under massive immense pressure where he has to go, in your opinion? Rick's he's making he's not making it easy for any Spurs fan out there, especially because not all of us was were were warm to him coming in in the first place. But he's not making it easy. Look, when he came in, he was a bit of a calming influence. So so what we thought, you know, with the whole Kane saga and and Ombele saga going on, and and you know there seemed. He seems to be saying the right things, but even when he said something, you know, you know, I'm going to make you proud, like Ant was saying earlier. We were chatting earlier, but I'm going to make you proud. I'm gonna... even when I heard that, it sounded like a line to me. But all right, cool, you know, from the Potch's playbook. But all right, cool. Let's see, like back your word in it, back your chat. And I tell you what, <clears throat> the last three weeks I've not felt proud, mate. Do you know what I mean? Those and including that ring game. I don't, I don't feel proud with that. Like, I, I, I'm backing them. I'm trying to, like, be be with them through thick and thin right now, through the, you know, the low times, and hopefully we get back up to the high time. But Nuno is not showing me enough, mate. He's just, he's, uh, uh, all right, we know, as all Tottenham fans, we all know that he hasn't been given a, a full toolbox to work with. He's been given, like, a screwdriver, a spanner, and a hammer and told, get to work, build the house. We know this, but still, it's the performances. It's the performances. When when there ain't no challenges, when there ain't no sprinting, when there ain't no reaction, when there ain't no when when we ain't getting hold of each other, you know, when nobody's shouting at each other for, for for what's going on on the pitch, and especially in a derby, the North London derby today, that's that screams to me massive problems, bro. That it screams to me massive problems. Problems that I didn't think that we that we had that match of. Do you know what I mean? So uh, he he's made it really tough, bro. If he went tomorrow, I wouldn't be upset. But then we start the managerial search again, and you know how painful that was for all of us. For me, I, I was battered and bruised by that managerial search. So going through it again to end up with Sam Allardyce is, do you know what I mean? It's 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 just. I don't know. I'm down today, Rick. I'm down. I can't find the positive, bruv. I can't find, and I can't find, I can't find a silver lining for Nuno either. Yeah. It's, no, it's no, that's absolutely tough. fair. No, totally agree. And um, a statement on the screen there from Crudox, who said, this is on our ball. They've overseen the biggest and fastest decline of a Premier League in the new millennium, but it's all right. They've got the Joshua usage money, which I'm not sure in the football team we will ever see. We are going to come onto the board, as I said, during the show, um, but to steer it back towards the manager, because I think we have to have that debate at the moment. Um, Talia, Generally, you know, you look at that second half and I think we've got to remember is maybe Spurs did improve margin that second half, but because Arsenal, they had the job done. You know, they took their foot off the pedal. Um, And, you know, you've got to say, I don't think it's good enough for Nuno to have to be picking players maybe on names. I think they have to be placed based on their merit and not their name value. But I think the hardest thing is trying to understand that new managers need time is one thing. But when you look at the way Nuno is setting up this side, it seems that it's at times just completely, utterly inept. There's no midfield. There's no ideas. There doesn't even be even like a decent defensive foundation to build on. And, you know, I have to say this, and it's hard because we always try on this show to be rational, to look at things fairly. 
but we're looking like amateurs at times. We are we are looking like amateurs, and we're Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. We've got one of the best stadiums in the world, one of the best, you know, one of the best, you know, I've got the stadium, the training ground, but on the pitch, we are just all over the place. Now, for me, I'll be honest where I'm at, I was prepared to give him time in terms of I was prepared to accept the Palace defeat because we were, you know, had a huge amount of, of injuries. I took that into account. The Chelsea game, I was willing to accept that to some degree because Chelsea are a very, very good team. But the Arsenal game for me, there's just no excuses here. Absolutely no excuses whatsoever. We were just incredibly poor all over the pitch. So for you or Nuno, where are you at in terms of his future at the football club? I mean, there can't be a huge future for him. There can't be. I mean, I think someone said earlier, you know, this was what our longest managerial search is probably going to end the quickest, if not one of the quickest. And that says a lot. I think, you know, we can all see the tactics are wrong. They're inexcusable. I'm a scientist. I can see that. Everyone else can see that. He's a manager and he somehow can't see it. Like, at what stage in his thought process did he think, oh, maybe I just won't put in a midfield? Like, why does that even happen? Like, I'm embarrassed that that is our manager. And I don't think we can forget he got manager of the month, what, like two and a half weeks ago? Like, that is a massive decline. Like, I know we weren't particularly on board then, but, you know, we were winning stuff now it's rubbish like winning games and it's rubbish of course that was Mourinho-esque and we didn't want that but at least those first three games were kind of you know a plaster over an open wound it was rubbish and now it's just like I don't know what he wants you know and I think the biggest thing is you should be able to see what a manager is trying to do even if they're losing games you should be able to see the potential or where he's going and with him I can't see that and I don't think a lot of people can the formation doesn't work with the people that he picks you know ultimately we're a very average side that is where we're at it's a shame but we are average and somehow we still have two of the best attackers in the world and we have to play to that all these coaches that we're having do not play to that and it is criminal because we're not going to get anywhere with the personnel that we have and you know you can't get rid of all 25 players you keep those players but you have to play to their strengths and Nuno's not doing that and we're not going to be successful 433 is not working. It's just he's he's in under his head. And that is unfortunately the main problem. And you can't really fix that. It was, you know, Spurs Enoch Classic will go on to it. They went for the nice guy, the guy that was going to put cotton wool around things and you know get people on board because he's quite a nice guy. He didn't want to go for the Conti or whatever who was going to be a cutthroat dick. That was not what they wanted. And here we are in a mess. Yeah, I mean, I must say, and you've said that many times, Ant, in terms of Spurs, where um, we've always gone for more of a likeable manager rather than someone that's been utterly ruthless um, in their approach. And I think, again, with Nuno, you could argue, again, likeable man, is he going to be successful? I think time will like, like, tell. But being like doesn't, Ricky, but no. being like doesn't... We're just losing out there in terms of connection. Ant, can you hear us? Can you see us? But, Rick, not being liked is great. Invite us back up. Yep. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Ant. You're just fading out there. You're just fading out. Yeah. We're just I'm losing saying, you, Ant. I'm saying being light is not a bad thing. Oh, okay. Can you hear us, Ant? <laughs> and he's gone. Pretty much yeah. what Spurs' defence that was. That was right. almost, They turned up, but didn't really show us what they were doing. We'll, we'll, bring, our, we'll bring our back <laughs> in a second. Um, right on the screen but, there, but, before we come to you, come on, Ricks. So, no, I was just going to say, the players haven't helped either, Ricks. No. And, no. The, players, no. the players... What, what, what's happening here? You know, this mm. is supposed to be step-up season, all right? If you're given your chance to prove yourself or to, you know, to grab the shirt, 
What's happening? Yeah. But th- that is the worry, though, Rick, isn't it? You know, these players are coming in to impress a new manager. And so far, you know, well, even forget about the new manager for a second. This is a North London derby. So forget about impressing a new manager. This is the biggest game for every single Tottenham Hotspur fan, if you're a fan of this football club. And yet you can't give us just commitment. You know, one thing, desire. You know, that's all we ask for as fans is commitment, energy, love the shirt, hunger for the shirt. If you give us that, we won't criticise you. But if you yeah. don't give us that as a minimum, then we are going to criticise you. We, we exactly are going to be frustrated. Yeah. And I want to come back round to you just on the manager, because um, when you analyse the recent games, um, half-time versus Palace, nil-nil, full-time result, 3 nil. Chelsea yeah. game, nil-nil at half-time, full-time, 3 nil Chelsea. The Arsenal game, we're three down, but we bring about the 3-1. That's conceding three goals in 45 minutes of our that's last nine, three games. That's nine goals, Rick, in three mm. games. But bro. the mentality, Ant, for you, and it's one thing that obviously we've discussed many times about different Spurs managers. What can he do now in order to convince you that he can get it right? Or is it beyond that for you now? Have you just seen it's enough beyond, to know he won't mate. be able to turn this around? No, it's beyond that now, mate. I'm sorry. And I hate to be negative, but it's true. I've not seen anything to go... Okay, I'll see what he's trying to do there. What? What? Why should we roll over against Chelsea? Why? Why? Why should we roll over against Palace? Why should we be up for a North London derby? Okay, we lose, we lose, but go down fighting. You know, we we ain't got the best of records at the Emirates. I think Talia said it. But go down fighting, man. Show a bit of intent. It's eleven individuals on the pitch, and you got Nuno on the side. Not doing anything. Mikel Arteta's run up and down the touchline. So what are we about? Are we, do we want a manager that's going to shout an F and Jeff? Or are we going to have a manager that's going to stand there with his arms folded? Because I'll tell you something now. I want a manager F and Jeff in on that touchline. Getting the players going. And unfortunately, the guy that went before Nuno was that person. I'm not saying it wasn't his time to go. Okay? But he called out a few of the players. Yeah? Let's have it right. That have not performed. Okay, one or two of them started today. That's where we are as a club. We like nice. Let's be nice. Nice don't get you nowhere, my friend. Was Sir Alex Ferguson nice? Mm. Nice person. Was he a good manager? The best. Stevie P, I've I've, I've heard nights of him about Bill Nick, God rest his soul, the best Spurs manager ever, saying Bill Nick would go into the changing room if we win 3-0 and go, you're not good enough today. I want four, I want five. Don't let your heads drop. That's the manager that I want. I don't want to have a manager to stand there on the touchline. Oh, what do I do? Speaking to his coaching staff and having Paratici and Hitchin on the, on the bench. Who's, who's taking over it? What's going on? I think the irony is haven't been on the bench the last couple of games, but I, I totally do understand. And but I, I, but, but what I'm trying to say, Rick, when they were on the bench, people yeah. were tweeting they shouldn't yeah. be on the bench. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So what do you yeah. want? I, got, I, I read a tweet today. Oh, even though we lost 3 1, we won the second half 1 0. Oh, come on. I'll be saying You're applauding mediocrity now, these no, people. You can't, You're applauding you mediocrity. You can't be saying things like that. Fed up with it. Oh, no. Of course not. Nah. No, I know that. Yeah. Talia, let's, let's come round to you. Um, there's been so much evidence this season that both so far Skip and even Hill offer more than some of the most experienced players. In that team, and you think you know, over the last three years, where we've put the same names in the team that have let us down consistently, they still keep getting a chance. And you wonder, surely Nuno, he's got he's got to stop bottling these opportunities now to give these players a chance because I do think it's going to end up 
costing him his job. I don't know about you. He's he's going to have to. And we said the same about Pochettino towards the end. The lineup was, you know, under Poch, it was getting to that point. Under Mourinho, it was getting to that point. When is a manager going to start giving the players that are showing us what they're doing on the pitch the opportunity to feature on a more regular basis? Do you agree on that? 100%. Well, this is what I don't get. Someone like Delhi, you know, I think all of our fans were too nice to Delhi and were, you know, oh, Mourinho so horrible to him. They're not giving him a chance. He didn't give him a chance because he can't play football. He slows down the plate and he's shit with his feet. He's not a good player. Nuno's come in. Oh, you know, I'm going to give Delhi a shot. Delhi is not good enough to play for us. Delhi does not fit. Why does he get starts? Look, if he was putting in the performances, fair play to him. I'm glad he's upped his game and he can deserve his place. But he doesn't. So why is he there every week in and out? He should not be playing for us. And then you've got people like, Gil, okay, he's new, Skippy. They, you know, I, I think today, you know, it's difficult to say they changed the game because Arsenal clearly, you know, took their foot off the pedal. But they come on, they do everything positive. Skip's passionate, he's doing the right balls, he's making tackles, he's doing his job and he's doing what he wants to be doing. And there's no manager that can say that he didn't put in a good shift. Like, he did. Gil came on, changed the game, created opportunities, was doing the right things. That's what you want on the pitch. Players like them should be there. And also, look, granted, we didn't have the best season in the uh, season, transfer um, you know, window in the world. We didn't. But you would like to think that the players that we bought want to play for Spurs because it's new. They've signed. They haven't been here six years in a kind of in a rut like Kane or whoever we can kind of talk about. They've newly signed for Spurs, which means they want to play. We didn't have one of our new signings play today or start in our starting eleven. Why? You know, if they're these passionate players that want to play yeah. for our club that are apparently better for us, which is why we bought them, they improve us. Why were they all sitting on a bench? You know, that that's not right. To me, that I doesn't agree. make sense. Yeah, I, I you know, agree. You can't yeah. twist that. It's just unfortunately no. the facts. And he needs to give his head a slap or a wobble even and just be like, you know, you can't just pick because it's template. It's like me playing fantasy football. Oh, Delhi, Sun, Kane up front because they were like the three. Doesn't work. You can't no. do that. It's real. Like I say, sometimes you can't just pick players based on on paper or in terms of what what they've been like. You've got to base on obviously how they've been performing. And um, that's what rotation yeah. does, right? Sorry, just to yeah. add that like, people like mm. Pep, etc. Obviously, it's a little bit different, but people aren't guaranteed a spot. If you're rubbish, you're out. You know, you get subbed mm. off at halftime because you're not good enough. That is what big managers or people with that different mentality do. We get in this nice guy. It all goes back to that. They won't do that. There's none of this. It's you're no. not playing very well. Oh, you can start next match and try again. Yeah. No. I, I, not- listen, Talia. I come back to no disrespect to Ben Davis. Yeah. He gets he gets the armband of four days later against Red. But that's it. There's there's no <laughs> there's nothing. It's just play it, be rewarded. Do this, do that. It's nothing. Of course, you can have an off day, like you know, have an upper opportunity. But this isn't what this is. This is a template. I think you're the best eleven. Mm. Really not. Yeah. it's like it's like us going on stage. I, I don't know. I, I, please forgive me, Tyler. I don't know what you do professionally, but Ricky and I going on stage. Not Norwood, not you. That's, a, that's not me, Zach. That's, that's Norwood, not me. Just to be clear, it's like us going on stage. It's like us going on stage and not learning our lines. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. But, but, yeah. but, going, but, but getting given an Oscar, it's not going to make you work hard, is it? 
No. What, 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 giving you extra shows. The, the, the thing I yeah. think with, with, with Davis uh, and well, Davis is just reliable. He's happy to be the squad player. He's happy to play the games that he, he's picked for. And if he doesn't get picked, I don't, I'm not saying that he's not upset with it, but he's not going to throw his toys out the pram. I think I think the, the, the reason that Delhi's been picked is purely because he's fit, fit, fit enough to play these games. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, because you know when Winksy came in, when it was that it was the free DMs, whichever game that was, I think it was Palace. You know that didn't work at all. And to be fair yep. to you know, we haven't seen Winks again, right? So we, or, or we haven't seen that defensive three again. Delhi, Hoyberg, uh, and Winksy. We haven't seen that. So um, you know, I just think it's it, Delhi's got potential. He's fit. Uh, yeah, he runs about the pitch. That's as much as we can say about him now. I want can, him to do more. Yeah. But I think that's why he's getting picked. Can I, can I ask you, Rick, just to kind of close the debate on Nuno? Um, because I say um, I want to kind of make sure we get this out there just so people do feel that we've covered off the manager. And um, it's one of those things that after the show, we get so many questions that come in statements and you haven't covered this, you haven't covered that. And um, the reason why we do do an extensive length for a show, of a show is to try and cover anything that's going on with the club, whether it be about the players' performances, whether it's about, obviously, other things going on in the club, we do try and cover that. That's why tonight I say we're focusing on the manager, we're going to do the board, we're going to do the, the players in terms of how they perform in that game, and, of course, then look ahead um, to our Europa Conference League tie. And, um, Rick, <laughs> the, thing with, the thing with Nuno is that Spurs appointed him when he was on, let's not get about the bush, you know, down, you know, let's not play around it, he was on a downward trend at Wolves, having what some things to some Wolves fans that I know, he alienated some of those players. He lacked the communication ability and he played some rather dour football in that last season. And then obviously some people think, well, what did they really expect then if the manager was the seventh or eighth choice going into this? Was was it always going to be tricky, Rick? The minute he hit a downward patch of form to then try and turn this around or are we again looking into this too deeply right now? Is he going to be afforded more time in your opinion? Uh, Rick, if you're going to make a statement as a manager, uh, playing against Chelsea and playing against the Gooners, you, you got to show up. You got to show us something. You got to show us what you're about. Do you know what I mean? And then we'll back you. Like, like Anthony said, look, we're Spurs, man. We've, we've lost before. We'll lose again. We know how to. We don't like it, but we know how, how to deal with it. He needs to turn. He needed to turn up today and give that side a rollicking. I don't know why he wasn't screaming, and shouting on the sidelines for his team to wake up. You know, th- this was his opportunity to kind of show us what he's about. Show us, the fans, what he's about. So if that's what you're coming with, with like your arms folded and like stroking your beard and stuff, like, I, I I don't know what to say here, you know, like, bro, he, he wasn't on the list for me in in my managerial, the ones that I wanted, he wasn't on the list for me, you know, and it's been made very clear from the club um, that this is a Paratici appointment and not a Levy one. I think that's been made so that that was made clear. So that, um, you know, if this did go the way it's, it's not going, Daniel's fault. Yeah, it's then not it's Daniel's not Daniel's fault. fault. Yeah. Right? It's not Daniel's yeah. fault. You know, because uh, we, we, we know that he's had to be convinced. Now, Paratici well, spoke about it. On yeah, this is the TV, weird thing. He's, he's had to show him the Valencia blueprint. And the previous club, he's had to show that he can play this attacking football. But, Rick, we haven't seen it so far, have but we? Let's we be honest about it. it. We haven't seen it. Yeah. We have not so seen it. It's almost like mate. being falsely advertised, something you haven't really seen so far. And he, 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 even that, like, you know, uh, we was close to Fonseca, weren't we? The Roma boss. 
yeah. who was talking about attacking football. He was talking about all this. This is who Levy wanted, you know. Yeah. But Paratici mm-hmm. is like, oh no, let's he's go for, more defensive. Yeah, yeah, let's go for the Gattuso, or let's go for Nuno. So uh, straight away, like we, it, we, there was always going to be trouble. Do you know what I mean, there was always going to be trouble. The, the the best that we could have really hoped for is for Nuno to come in and steady the ship, be be a galvanizing influence that brings the squad together again. Um, yeah, try and galvanize the squad and try and push them forward and try and just keep them calm again. You know, before we get another manager, I think that's why he's contract is so cheap and um there's an easy kind of get it's it 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 was always it was always going to be tough mate it was always going to be tough it is i say it is guys if you can still hear me so if you can hear me it's still really really tough at the moment um Talia, I want to come back round to you. Hopefully you can hear me. Um, you know, the, the key thing is, you know, as we said there about Nuno being the seventh choice or maybe fifth choice, whatever you want to call him. Um, you know, the, the players knew that he was the seventh choice, eighth choice, ninth choice. Nuno knows himself as well that he was that number of choice. And, you know, for the players and you know, for a manager, you do wonder, how is this actually going to work if a manager already knows he's that far behind in a pecking order to convince the dressing room to get them on side from day one? Is that always going to be very difficult when you are going to hit a sticky patch to then convince them that you can turn this around? I mean, to a degree, yeah, but also it's their job to play for this club. They get paid a ridiculous amount of money every single week to put on a shirt and play for this club. I don't care who's in the dressing room, whether they agree, disagree. You've got a contract, you shut to work. Of course, there might be, you know, a bump in the road if you don't necessarily get on. We've seen that with a few players. But ultimately, he has been appointed the manager. The road to how we got there becomes redundant. You know, it yeah. is irrelevant because he is the current Spurs manager. He's your current boss. You have to listen to what he does. These players aren't doing that and it's not working. And, you know, you can't think oh, he was a seventh choice, oh, I'm this, I'm that. Nah, he's the current Spurs manager. You currently play for Spurs. Your job is to go on and play. That's it. But, but, but oh, t- t- you, know, you know what gets me? What gets me is is like, how and why did they turn down from Seca, Ten Hag? How did they turn down? I mean, I know... This is what makes con- how, how did these How did these managers that have got the CV that and the DNA that we were looking for, the right? The DNA that we were looking for get rejected in, in favour of Nuno. How, how does that happen? That is why I think all of us are still so baffled slash not fully on board with him because, you know, Daniel Levy made such a big point at the end of that, the season in his emails, everything. We want someone that's got the DNA. We want someone that does this. We know that we're attacking football, blah, blah, blah. We haven't got that. We've not got that. They declined all the opportunities to get that. And here we are. So why would we be on board? Why would the players be on board? It's all just a bit like, dare is to do? Or what's that? Because this isn't what it is. And this is the decline and this is where we're at. So I think to answer your point, Ricky, it's like, yes and no, really. I I don't think they have too much of an excuse. This is what it is. He's your boss. He's the manager. Get on with it. And 
just to kind of close this segment, if we can, um, you know, players, you do feel they need to buy into a system and a system that gets either the best or the worst from a group of individuals. Now, if they buy into your tactics and they buy into everything about you, you will always get that extra 5 to 10% out of players, like we saw under Pochettino for a certain period. And it's why he was largely successful over the course of, you know, two or three seasons where the club were getting into the Champions League. They were competing for a title. But you do feel that when the players don't listen or stop believing, then it's very hard to turn that around. I just wonder if he can now find the key to get these players back on side. Because I think he's under a very, very tough situation yeah. now how to do that. Do you I agree? I can't see it, Rick. Rick, I can't see it, mate. And I hope I'm wrong, fella. Um, who have we got on Thursday? Europa League conference. If we beat, if we win that, is everything rosy again? Because let me tell you now, two, three days later, we've got Villa at home. I can't see anything other than a loss at this present time. I hope I'm wrong. Of course I do. It's too it's too little, too late now. We've got no time to be patient anymore. You want to start playing, you want to start being amongst the big boys in the Premier League. You've got to start getting results straight away. Okay, yes, you're gonna drop points. Yes, you're gonna lose games. But to think that we was Champions League two, two and a half years ago, and now look at us. If this was Arsenal, Champions League, then two seasons later where we are, we'll be laughing at them. So what gives us the right? We're not a big club. We are a big club, but what I'm trying to say is we don't act like a big club. And that goes from everything, from the board to the management to the players. It just... It, are you confident next week, Rick? No, I mean, listen, I'll be honest, no. I'm, not confident. I'm not confident game to game at the moment. I've got to be honest with you. I, no. I don't... For me, the, the concern for me is that, you know, if I can see what a manager is trying to do, if there's a vision, if there's a plan, yeah. if there's a blueprint, then I'm prepared to wait. I'm prepared to be calm. And I'm prepared to try and give it time. But right now where we stand at the moment, you know, we're the 26th of September and I don't know what we're trying to do. I, I really generally don't know where this is going and how we're going to move forward. And you look at the stats, Rick, to kind of close this area if we can. Um, you know, Spurs this season, in terms of goals scored, 18th, shots 20th, chances from open play 20th, big chances created 20th. Shot creation actions, 20th. Distance covered, 19th. Progressive carries, 20th. Successful pressure, 19th. And this geezer brings progressive football, does he? Attacking football. <laughs> you know, We've got Kane and Son. We've got Kane and Son. Sorry, Rick, before we go to Rick. Kane and Son that scored, I don't know, how many goals last season under Mourinho? <laughs> how many goals? Yeah, no, they were. Oh, it's you, and I was getting told it was all negative football. Mm. They, had their well, best the season under, they had their best season under any manager, even under Potch. That I, is I just, a fact. What we, can't we are, speak, can't yeah. lie. I mean, we are going to the ball next, Rick, but I'm just trying to understand, you know, based on this is Paratici's appointment, which you both said there, how does Paratici still convince Daniel that this guy's going to suddenly overturn all those stats and we're going to suddenly go to being a real expansive, free-flowing, swashbuckling team? How's he going to do that? How, how can he do that? The, the only way that he can do it, Rick, is to do it on the pitch. It, it's not. I don't know what's happening in these double training sessions. You know, I I don't I don't see the patterns of play in, in what they've been working on. I know some were on internationals, some were injured. You know, they, they, we, we've had dramas, of course we've had dramas, but I don't see what's like what's going on here. I don't I don't see the plan like you, Rick's. So the only way that he can turn it around is for, for us to see it because saying it, we're done with. We're done with the words. We're done with the words. Stop making the statements. Don't put Tottenham. Don't put out no written word statement. Nuna, I don't even want to hear. You don't turn up to the next press conference. Just show me. Just 
show me. Show, get them boys on the field. Let me see them busting a gut. Do you know what I mean? The only reason we're, we're 19th in the running stats is because of Delhi. <laughs> because that's what he loves to do. This season, he's been running like a moat. You know what I mean? So, look, that's what I need. I, I need to see it. Let's, I'm done with the words, mate. I am done with the words. He needs to you know, hold a couple up by scruffing the neck and sort them out, man. Because yep. I don't know what's going on. And, you know, I, I don't, are, are we going into Kane? We are going to get on to shortly. Yeah, we All right, I'll, yeah. I'll hold, hold it. it. I'll hold, hold it. it. We are going to hold it. And um, before we do go into talk about Kane and the players, let's take a flavour of our some listener questions. Add over a hundred and nearly one hundred and fifty into the show. So thank you ever so much for these. Um, this first one is from Elliot Saraf, who actually tweeted this during live time. He said, "I'm standing in that away end, and I'm witnessing one of the most heartless, lacklustre performances, not just in the North London derby, but in our entire history. We look so clueless, and to say Delhi looks a shadow of himself is an understatement. He is woeful. I just don't know where we go from here. Nicky at Highland Spurs." says, where are we going? What are we doing? Where has our club gone? I know Nuno has not had the perfect start, but let's all be honest about it. That was absolutely appalling. Very worrying when the players already have this body language that they've given up on the manager who's only been appointed over the last couple of months. Darren at Darren Blake 4 says, such a poor performance, lack of effort and movement. We say we need creative midfielders, but we need fundamentals first. There is just no movement. Simple pass and move would work, but we lack the basics. Colin Z says, there isn't a proper game plan. Every game we look clueless not going forward now that Kane stays you build a tactic around him can we also not play Delhi? I hate to say it but he's no longer a player that deserves a spot in that starting 11 Dave at Dorado 01 says why do we never learn that Arsenal up their game fivefold when they play us at the Emirates if we want to take this thing out of a game crowd we have to fight and treat it like a proper derby like they do Johnny Wallace says, how soon is it too soon for Nuno to go? Six games in, we've scored one goal from open play, out of his depth and simply not good enough. Move heaven and earth for Conte. I've got to be honest with you, Johnny. I don't think Conte is going to be coming anytime soon. I might be wrong. Um, I can't see it. Jonathan Weber says, can we fire Nuno? It's his formation, tactics and subs that are the problem. Bring in a temporary manager like Howe and we'll play better. Can't get much more worse than this. My God, if we're going to Eddie Howe, guys... Where are we actually going? Um, Andy Perry, Padre along the same thing. So does MCLP, Casual Yield also saying this. Um, Kate, Craig Dunstan says, when can we dissect, cut it up, unpack? It's just absolutely broken. Uh, my question to you guys is not how or what, but realistically, who is going to study this ship? How can we get this going forward? We're gonna I think see- the difference today was he took responsibility so far mm. as just sugarcoated it. I think yeah. I didn't yeah. watch it either, but I saw people said... He said today, I got it wrong and was actually acknowledged that. So, I mean, I wouldn't say well, that's heartfelt, but it's... No, well, we, I mean, I've got his... We can read that. I so said, we have got his... Um... His marks here, he says, a lot of things went wrong, starting with the decisions I made. I won't have individuals who didn't play the game plan right, but the game plan was not right according to the players who were on the pitch because we didn't decide it well. I'm very honest. I have to say that. I will not judge my players in front of you. I will not do that. I decided bad. I made the wrong decisions. I refuse to go any further than that. It's my responsibility. All that I have to say is... And I will say it to the players amongst them. We have to recover mentally and physically for the next one. Then we have to make some better decisions and find the right direction. We didn't meet the standards that our fans deserve. So my message is, and I promise them, we'll try to fix it. That's the only message I'll, I can I'll say. I'll try to fix it. Okay. I look forward Rick, to that. 12 minutes, mate. 12 minutes it took for them to score the mm. first goal. Yeah, you're telling me. Where was the? Me, what, what plan are you telling me? What, 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 what was he talking about? I, I think this is the thing. I think we saw Gary Neville say the, the game plan. I mean, 
it's lack of a game plan that was the problem. And John Wardell, who comes on to the point we're going to discuss next, says there's only one topic of debate, the ownership of the club, that have no interest in the success on the pitch, only corporate value and profit over the 20 years of failure, having only seen success off the field, which benefit Enoch, Levy and shareholders, should they sell up. That is where we're going next. OK, Nuno, I know you are a coach who plans everything meticulously. I can only imagine what you thought at half-time, 3-0 down here. What I thought is that uh, the game plan didn't work. This is what I thought, that the game plan didn't work. What did you say at half-time to him? You must have had to pick the chins off the floor. No, we were all disappointed. We were disappointed. I'm, it's not about uh, blaming anything. It's about realising what we have to do. The analysis come now. The analysis come now. And I think we adjust better for the second half. We play, we play better. But uh, the game was, was lost. I, we thought that one one early goal can can put it in the in the match. We didn't we didn't achieve it. We had chances. We had uh, a couple of moments, but um, on our all all the game was was not good at all. Yeah, uh, we are disappointed. Um, the fans mm. fans back home. Uh, we are all disappointed. It was a, it was a tough tough day for us. Been a th- I mean, it's been a tough few weeks. Where do we go? Where do we go from here? What's your process now when, when we've lost a couple of games? Well, we have to recover the players mentally, physically. We have to improve them. And um, me personally, uh, we have to, to make better decisions. Better decisions. I'm being very honest with you. Uh, today uh, was not the best one. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, sir. Okay, Hugo. I mean, you've been here a long time. You're the proud captain of this club. And losing here doesn't get any easier, does it? You know, uh, when you lose a derby, it's always a bad feeling. It doesn't matter the way. Uh, I just feel a bit sorry for, for the fans because at half time, you know, uh, uh, being uh, leading by, by three goals uh, is difficult to explain, you know. Um, the only positive things that we can talk about is the second half, that we change a little bit. Uh, um, Probably the, 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 the few things, you know, uh, tactically, and uh, and, uh, and I think we were probably more stable in the middle of the pitch, uh, more stronger, uh, and more balanced, you know, as a team. Uh, in the first half, I think every transition, offensive transition from Arsenal was like a, a danger, and uh, and the feeling was kind of uh, losing the control, you know, of of, of the middle of the pitch and. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I think it's maybe part of the process. We need, uh, you know, to, to analyze and uh, and to learn very quickly because it's been now three games with three defeats, three times uh, three goals conceded, and uh, we cannot hide the problems. Uh, even if we have to stay calm, stay positive, uh, we have to stick together and uh, and respond in the best way next week uh, in front of our fans. I was going to say, Hugo, I mean, we could go over this minute by minute, but there's no point, really, because we've got to look ahead, haven't we? And the bigger picture is right. We have lost our last three. How do we, how yes. do we turn uh, that around? You know, it's only six games played. Uh, there's a lot of games ahead of us. Uh, I think the most important is to analyse well the performance and, uh, and to correct the things that uh, didn't work. Um, you know, th- th- there was some similar things like uh, Chelsea game. Uh, Chelsea, we started very well the first half, and the second half we dropped a little bit. 
uh, in our performance. And today was the opposite. We started uh, the first half, you know, in a, in a really bad way. Uh, and obviously, when you show weakness in Premier League, the, the opponent punish you. It, it is as simple as that. And in second half, we show another face, and and this this is the one that we want to see during 90-95 minutes at high level, at high intensity. Uh, but again, uh, I really want to think that it's part of the process. And, uh, but we need everyone now uh, sticking together and, and ready for, for the next battle. Many people feel, and we'll start off with Talia on this, that you know the root cause of Spurs' issues right now is down to Enoch and Daniel Levy. And it's a case of how do you go from here that a squad that thrived and did become Champions League regulars and with a high energy, attacking brand of football, and then going to hire two consecutive counter-attacking managers who use a direct build-up. Many will see that as being poor decisions from the above. With the mess we're in right now, um, although we are in all competitions, how does Spurs fix what is going on right now at the football club? I mean, look, it's simple. said it before. I'll say it again. Enoch needs to go. Until they go, nothing will change. And our fan base are too nice too rewarding, to everything, you know, their reward failure and all this stuff that we've already covered. They are the root cause of the problem and it will not change until it's happened. You know, all businesses take their values from the top. And, you know, we've seen that with Enoch, Levy, Lewis for years. Let's build the most amazing training ground in the world. Let's build the most amazing stadium in the world. They've done that now. They've made that and that's it. You know, they don't care about what's happening on the pitch. His remit's always been to maximise everything they can out of a profit for Enoch because they are good businessmen. They're incredible businessmen. And that's it. That is as far as they're willing to go, you know. They've now got the stadium. They've got money for the NFL games and the sponsorship deals and everything else that they've always wanted. But in terms of a football club, we're going nowhere. We're going backwards. The investments are wrong. Like you said, you do not see an influx or an injection into the club after these games. That money's for them. It's not for the club. Any chairman that genuinely cared, like you look at Leicester and their lovely chairman that is so lovely, he'd do anything to make that club better. They would. He'd do anything. He'd inject any cash that he has. He wants a club to do well, to thrive, all of that stuff. We don't have that. You know, Levy comes on and he does his vlog or he does his email that someone else writes for him. I All I'll ever do is make the best decision for the club. It's bollocks. He's an incredible, credible businessman and I would never talk him for that. But he's not a good chairman of this club. He's not, you know, and that's it. You can't make it. We've got the most expensive season tickets or second most expensive season tickets in the league. We see shit football every week. We're clearly going backwards. We keep saying, oh, this will be better. Levy, we'll spend, we'll spend. We spend on what? They don't care. Enoch is not it. And I don't know the solution. I saw someone just pop up saying who would buy it. I generally don't know. I don't know, but there are a lot of rich people out there and somewhere someone's got to buy it. But I just think, look, until it changes, we're not going forward. We've regressed. We are regressing. And that's it. I don't think Enoch are the people that are going to take us forward. And I don't need to rant about Levy over and over again because I know I've done it so many times. And generally, it's not even worth our breath in this kind of angry situation. But they don't care about the club. They don't care about the football that's on the pitch. And that's that. That's it. Simple. If they don't care, we're screwed. Ricks, I think some people may have felt, you know, Spurs maybe should have swallowed their pride in the summer 
taken the cash for Kane, rebuilt the side, maybe hired a manager. I know Anthony was a big fan of him, someone like Graham Potter, who does play a progressive brand of football, does get the best out of the group um, that he's actually got under his disposal. I think Bryant and I think Ant was telling me this in the summer, I think their XG and what they were playing to, I know people hate that term XG, but the, the, I the, don't the like football, it, I've got told. No, got told. I think, I think Ant, you said, you know, their football, what they were playing is if they actually had a central striker Ooh. there, it was really impressive. Um, but instead yeah. they did choose to hire Mourinho's old backup goalkeeper in Nuno. So on, on that basis, Rick, um, where you are with the ball at the moment, is it very hard to see a way the club can go forward when they're under this current... The way I would describe it for me is as a ceiling. Regardless if you're going to hire Nuno, you're going to hire Ten Hag, you're going to bring Pochettino back, you're going to bring Conte in, there is always that ceiling at Tottenham. And you will never, ever, I don't think, get anything beyond top four if you're lucky with Tottenham. I don't think you're ever going to win a league with Tottenham. I don't think you're ever going to win a Champions League, although it's been a hair's breadth of doing so, because of the limitations that is put on you when you come into this football club. You're absolutely right. No, you're absolutely right, Ricks. And the thing is that even with Poch, you know, um, while he was in charge, we struck lucky. We struck lucky. And he saved them millions because he wanted to use the young ones. He wanted to have influence over those young ones and bring them through. He was the one that kind of requested, demanded extra levels from these players. Do you know what I mean? And that's how we fought to get into that top four and be in there for the season that we were, was in there. And in the Champions League, it was because of the, we had a squad, but it was the raised levels of that squad that got us through. So it's like we, we really did stri- strike lucky because he was prepared to work within the confines of the ceiling, Ricks. But it's tough. I mean, this year, look, I was frustrated like, like us all through the, the transfer window. But this year was a buyer's market. There was bargains left, right, and a backup striker. We could have got Italy's number nine, Belotti, for 13 to 15 mil. You know, Milenkovic, the defender. We was we all knew that we needed two two centre. And one of them's to on the bench in. today, Rick. One of them. Oh, and on the what's, bench, what's that about? What's that about? That, he's the only yeah, one. We come on to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Romero's the only one that we brought in up until deadline day, up until Emerson, but he was the only one that really came in to improve that that first 11. That can't be our transfer window. Yes, look, we brought in Gil and Papa Saar, the, the, these young boys, these gems that are going to, you know, come in and refresh the side and hopefully they turn out, they turn out to be dynamite. But we needed, that first 11 needed repair. It needed, like, dismantling and like new new hinges, new brackets, new door. It needed it, oh, new furniture, it needed, wasn't it? Potch said new furniture. It, this is it. This is it. So I don't know who's gonna come in and and kind of get to work within the parameters, work under that ceiling, get you know uh, increased levels of performance from the players, and work within that budget. And look, it's. it's a mess, Ricks. And this summer was one of the biggest summers. It was one of the biggest summers for that board, yeah? For the board. It was one of the biggest summers. The decisions they made are going to now, they're going to haunt us for a couple of seasons now. Do you know what I mean? Having Nuno in charge, if it goes the way that it's going, it's going to haunt us for a couple of more seasons. Because what happens next summer when we've got money again and we go for a certain player but he doesn't want to play for us because we're not in Champions League or we're not in Europe or we, we don't give them £300,000 a week wages like some others do. 
we're we're burying ourselves in a hole here, and it's because of the decisions made over the summer, which are the only good one I can see was bringing in a uh, Paratici because he looks like a football man that loves well, football. You, that you say that, you say that, Rick, but you say that, Rick, but Paratici did appoint Nuno. Well, Paratici did recommend Nuno, so is he that he successful? Did. Yeah, well, this is it. He he makes mistakes too. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But when I looked yeah. at the signings, I was like, okay, cool. You're going to bring in young gems because we've got no money. You know. Um, and uh, the Romero deal, the way that he put together that Romero deal so that he's basically on loan and then we pay some money next year. I was like, okay, so some of these are clever deals and, and the quality of the clever deals. So I'm like, okay, cool. I, it, but I just wanted him to, I wanted Paratici uh, to be uh, back a bit more. Why, why wasn't there an extra 50 mil that, that was... Well, the, that this came is in the, from the... This is, but this is the irony, isn't it? They had the money there apparently waiting for Latoro Martinez or forgive me, Latoro Martinez. Who was the other striker we linked with? Latoro Martinez. Uh, Don't bow me out here. But Vlavic, Vlavic. And Vlavic. Right. So those were the two that apparently they were. Where's that sixty million? Where's that seventy million? Where's it gone? Where's it gone? Uh, Rick, we've not got one Rick, for us. But it's exactly think of the Bruno Fernandez and all of these yep. situations. You always end yep. up with the B Tech version mm. of the players that we want. This constantly happens. It's not COVID. It's not money. They're billionaires. Mm. They've got loads of money. It doesn't go into the club. They don't want to invest in it. They're not doing it. Like I said, they're businessmen. They're playing the smart option with the clever deals and all of these things. But that's not enough. Not yeah. enough. Yeah. And, and I don't know whether you remember, because this, this is a continuation now, because we've seen it so long. But Giuseppe Rossi, on the last day of the trans transfer window, we put yeah. in a 30 mil. Like, and this yeah. is just to get us up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I remember he was linked to mm -hmm. Ronaldinho. I remember he was linked to uh, uh, Moriente. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah, we can go back for years, years, years. Yeah. but it seems like again they've played with our emotions again and just kind of got us on side. The, mm. the, 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 you know, the Conti links as the manager that was the day before the season ticket renewals and all of that palaver. It's just like now we're all seeing it, we're all feeling it. It's it's not it's not a nice energy bracket to be in for, for, the, no. for the whole side. So this board have got a lot to answer for. Mm. I mean, and I know we've discussed this at many lengths, you know, that, you know, Spurs, they didn't invest when Poch wanted them to. They sacked Pochettino and appointed Jose, as some would maybe say, as like a vanity project and then still failed to invest. And then sacked Jose, you know, uh, before a cup final, was it five days before? I didn't know who to appoint. Then you're going to argue that you know, they've appointed a manager not good enough. I mean, where do, where do we go forward from here, Ann? Honestly, and I've asked you that question several times, but they for you now... They have to sell up now, Rick. They've got to sell or, or go for a, get someone to buy the club. Because 21 years is, 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 I've had enough now. Do you know what I mean? I've given chances after chances after chances. You said it yourself, and, and I don't mean to be rude, Rick, but we all do it. Yeah, but we've got a great stadium and we've got great training facilities. Who's not going to want to come to the club? Not when we're sitting in 15th, no one's going to come. Okay? Look at Brighton could go top of the league tomorrow. That's a well run club. Talia said it. Leicester, well run club. Recruitment, unbelievable. It's we key, haven't got that. How key it's is that key. Of course yeah. it is. It's key for anything. You can have a billion pounds. But if you haven't got the recruitment right, what is the point? Why don't we go and get Prem proven players? I repeat myself. That can come into the team, know the Premier League and hit the ground running straight away. They just don't know what they're doing. It's just ifs and buts. And yeah, we guys... We was we was talking to Antonio Conte now, but talks have broken down. Oh right, so the season tickets have been renewed, and who do we get? 
Well, we're in the search. We're in the search, guys. Don't worry about that. We're looking. Rubbish. I don't want to hear it. Exactly. So it needs, they need to sell up now. 21 years is a long time. It's a long time with one trophy and 18 different managers. Enough's enough. Yeah. So that's I think the thing that, can I just okay. say as well, though, that like, on, it all goes back to the same thing, that people are so easily pleased and they fall for a lot of this stuff all the time. They constantly cling on to the positives. And that I appreciate that people are really optimistic. That's and, great. Yeah, good for you. But it is delusion. And like I think someone else just said again, everyone will still go to the stadium. People will be there. People will show up. People will support the club. People will go into the shop and buy two shirts and God knows what after a loss like today because that's what it is. People aren't, you know, this kind of tunnel-focused vision of the club and its success. People are happy with mediocrity and that is the problem and that's where we've got to. We're at a different level now. It's and like going to, yeah, when you go to Spurs Stadium, I've, I've just come up to, it's like, have you ever been to Vegas? You come out of Vegas, come out of the plane of Vegas, there's slot machines everywhere. And it's like bang, 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 bang. That's what it's like. Do you, do you know I, what I mean? Do, 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 do you know where I'm going with that? Like you go into Spurs Stadium, it's like Spurs, 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 T-shirts, uh, old tops, mm. vintage tops. Yeah. It's just I like that. So buy them though. It, yeah, exactly. People buy them and that's the problem. You know, I'm all for blaming Enoch Levy, etc. A hundred percent. And obviously I do, but people buy them. I'm not going into that shop and buying stuff at the beginning of the season. We're well, shit. Why aren't I giving them money for nothing? Nah, that's people yeah. need to just be like... It won't I mean, change. It won't yeah. change until there's it a won't change. You're right, mate. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Rick, 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 coming over to you. I think we all know that in football. And I know Michael Bridges said this as well uh, recently. Michael Bridges, a great Michael Bridges. He said, you know, you stand in football, you go backwards. Spurs were in the Champions League, and at a point where you know they were had the opportunity to really strengthen and push on as a football club. You know. I think this is going to be now, and I think, you know, we say this, it's going to be a really, really long, hard season. And I'm, I'm really worried for my mental health doing these shows over the course of the next uh, couple of months that comes. I, I just don't know if it's going to get any easier. And that's really hard for me because if anyone's obviously watched our content uh, before we come onto YouTube this season, you know, we've been going for the last four or five years. We've always tried to be um, rational, positive, yeah. look at the things that are going to make us feel right. Do you know what? We're going in the right direction. I know Lisa said it always on this show, you know, with Pochettino, we had a plan, we had a vision, we had a how, we had a why, we knew yeah. what we were going to achieve. But right now, I think we feel so far away from even knowing what we're trying to do, how we're going to get there. And it's just, yeah, I mean, at the moment, I just feel so disillusioned with the club. I, I just feel so, so far withdrawn. More than and disconnected as well. And disconnected as well. That's the that's the that's the key word, Rick. That's the key yeah. word. Yeah. Today was a North London derby, mm. and obviously I was going to watch it, but I'm in I'm in a hotel up up north somewhere, and I was walking around. I was thinking, do mm. I want to put myself through it? And obviously I did, but yeah, I was half assed I was walking around about four o'clock in the afternoon, trying mm. to find a, somewhere to watch it. Whereas yeah. back in the day, I would run, I would get a table, get a pint, then a bit of food, and mm. I'd watch it. Today I was like wandering around. And, oh, we're kicking off in a minute. And, and the whole thing is, like you say there, Anne, it's the feeling of that utter dejection that you know that generally the hard thing is, and we're not going to discuss it enough, but even the players, mm. when the players aren't giving everything either, that's also hard. So you've got, you know, you've got the manager that you've got question marks with. You've got the ball that you've got this anger towards as well because they're not, you feel investing enough. And on top of that, you've got 25, 26 players that as a group collectively, they don't look like a team. They're like a bunch of strangers, a bunch of individuals where, quite frankly, we don't know 
what they're doing, how they're doing it. You're training a week, but then you put a performance like that in. You said for 12, the first 12 minutes, what are we doing? Where are we going? And um, that is where we are going to go next. So we're going to take a final break of the show. Um, I say final break of the show. We're going to discuss the, the players and then look ahead to um, our Europa Conference League tie if this show doesn't kill us. I just want to say a massive thank you again to the uh, watching public on YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, let's go there next. So um, ahead of the game, ahead of the game, we'll come around to you, Talia. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about who Spurs might have in the team because the first two months of competitive football saw a lot of players um, fall to injury, fall to suspension. Um, but for the trip, it was only Stephen Bergvine and Ryan Sessegnon actually out injured. In central midfield, Espirito Santo decided that Tungyan Dombele was fit enough to start four games in 10 days, having played the full 90. Oliver Skip, though, however, dropped to the bench as Hoybier and Deli Ali started alongside the Frenchman. At right back, we saw Espirito Santo choose the available again and more defensive Jaffet Tanganga over Emerson Royale. Um, and again, Matt Doherty as well. We can't really get a look in at the moment. Probably to no surprise for some. Um, at centre-back, we saw Christian Romero drop to the bench with Sanchez partnering the fresher Eric Dyer in the pairing that bought Spurs at the start of the season. Start of the season, three consecutive clean sheets. And that feels like a long time ago now. Um, and obviously that meant that Brian Gill, despite his inclusion for the Wolves game, he played ever so well during the week, dropped down to the bench for the return of Lucas Moura from injury. And also Lucelso as well, dropping down to that bench. The team, when it came out, Talia, was that what you were roughly expecting? Or... Again, was you quite surprised by Nuno's decisions there? I think at one point I actually thought it was potentially better than I thought it could have been. Well, I know the irony is, though, someone to pick up on the fact that there was not one Spurs summer signing in that yeah. in that selection. Was that not stunning for you? We've made all this. Romero we brought in, Emerson we brought in. You know, these players that we brought in, they can't even get looking in the in the in, the, in an old London derby. What's that about? That, that's what it goes back to, right? And I think I mentioned it earlier on, but the players that you sign in the summer are freshly signed players that should want to play for your club. One of the components of a North London derby is passion and understanding and wanting to play for your club. Why have we made sign-ins that are sitting on our bench, full stop? You know, you make a sign-in to improve your squad. If they're not improving our squad, why did we sign them? They shouldn't be sitting on the bench. But there's two issues, right? Like, they should be playing if they're supposedly better. If they're not, why did we sign them? And it is just a passion. I think that was one thing that was baffling. Um, I think all of us are a bit baffled by his selection at the moment in general and how it's become a bit unpredictable or it's just like, why is Dice starting? Why is Sanchez starting? Why is, is he dropped Romero? Like, I think we've all kind of discussed it before and I know I have on certain shows that consistency is key to some degree. Always has been and always will be. And I get we're in different competitions and there's rotation, but there isn't a consistency in our team. And like we've said again before, People don't get dropped if they mess up. They get rewarded. They keep their place. And that is a problem. And if you want to go into specifics about players, I think Kane is the obvious one. I mean, he's not trying anymore, is he? You can't even make an excuse for him. And I think the hardest part of that is he's meant to have an elite mentality. He's meant to be this elite footballer with the best kind of, you know, passion, loves the club, all of this stuff. And I mean, I know, again, we've discussed it. We don't need to talk about it again. But for whatever reason, he's still a Spurs player and he's still up top for us and he is our main goal scorer. And regardless of if we're playing to his strengths or not, he's not trying anymore. He tried well, once a day when he yeah. lost that ball and he legs it up the pitch like there was no tomorrow and he watched that ball go in and I think he just thought, shit, because he, you know, saw it and it was pretty much his fault for that one thing. Of course, we were shocking all round, but yeah. he needs to give his head a wobble because... Ultimately, he's a Spurs player 
and he's not going anywhere right now. So what do we do? We're stuck. He's either going to sit on the bench, which he's not going to do, and that's not the kind of player he is or we didn't think he was. But what's the solution? Because he needs to up his game because it's not good enough and he's isolated and Sonny and Lucas running for their lives. And Kane's back up in. It's like, what are you actually doing? Then you've got Dyer, shocking. He doesn't jump, does he? I mean, I think we all kind of gave him a bit of credit towards... Mm the end of those first three games because he he looked slightly more positive but he's not good enough he's just not we've already touched on Delhi he's so slow he's rubbish he should not be in our team Tangi he's lazy he's uninterested and that is not what we want for our club he's got the talent but he shouldn't be playing if he's not interested in that way and that's not good enough and I think today we even saw like Hoybier he looked lost and that's a problem because we've you know, giving him so much credit. And now even he's like, what's going on? See, I think the problem with Hoybier, as I've said this before on this show, and I know many have picked up on it, is that, you know, for me, I think with Hoybier, he's doing two or three players' jobs at once. And the poor bloke, you know, today today he was poor. I'm, I'm not going to stand up for Hoybier. I think today he, he had a poor game, Hoybier, and I won't deny that. But I just think when you're having to do you know, that many players' jobs at once, I just think it's so difficult. You know, it to is. retain focus on what you're doing. And um, I, I do want to bring it on to Kane, Tanya, because you put him up there. We've had a huge amount of questions in on Harry Kane. So let's take this in. We'll go over to you, Rick. Um, this is from uh, Joan Lee White Life that says, the end result of keeping Kane has only... He says here, the, the end result of Kim Kane has only increased the stink over this team and probably delayed our rock bottom. Nuno isn't the problem or the answer. Unfortunately, this team will just need time and players to improve totally mid-table. It's always sunny everywhere, says at the NW Soccer Show. This is the other side of keeping Kane. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't care. He doesn't respect Nuno. Adding Tangy and it's infecting the whole team. We should just have signed him for top dollar and paid out of our ass for Vlalovic or another striker. I do agree with that last bit. But um, let's discuss Kane for a second because it is a hot topic at the moment. Kane's form, Kane's body language. I saw Gary Neville and Graham Soonest debating this actually on Sky after the game. Rick, Harry Kane. Um, the irony is that we haven't got an alternative striker to bring in to sub in with. Son isn't a striker. We had this discussion many, many times. So what do you do with Harry Kane? Do you keep playing him? Do you bench him? What do you do? I, I, I think you've got to bench him, but I, I, to answer that particular question, Rick, I think, I think you, you kind of got to. I mean, look, we can understand, we can, we can, we all understand what happened over the summer. We all know that he wanted to go. At, at one point, all of us fans were kind of resigned to letting him go as well. We're like, all right, no worries, mate. Cool. Do, do, do what you got to do. And him not getting that move, to me, he's got a bit of the. Odin Wengi, you know, like when, you know, when Odin Wengi went to QPR in the car before anything was signed, do you know what I mean? And then he had to get sent home again, sent back to the, the, the club that he was actually playing for. So I think he's got this haze over, over his head a little bit where he's kind of been fed up. I think he's like, he's, he's fed up. He's, he's, he's lost that kind of, I think the last bit of the hurricane that we knew, it was squeezed out last season with the promise of him going to Man City. And now that he hasn't, it's just it's just this haze over him, man. Because you can see it. Because we all know what what type of player Harry is. We all love him. We all love him for the for the player and the man that he is. But we because we love him so much and because we've watched him so intently, we can see that he's not the same guy right now. And if look, if you've got that haze and you've got so that Odin Wenge, for you, just to be but Rick, for you, just to be fair, is he not? So is it a case where Kane is he not trying, or is it a case where he just? It's just not the same Kane as before, where 
what's happened over the summer has mentally affected him to the point where yes. he's finding it very hard to get back into that mode that he was in. Yeah, that's it's what nice. I think it is. It's, 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 it, it, I think I think for him it's, it's a mental thing, and I think he's he's fed up. I think he's given up a little bit, you know, and he's trying to be professional, and but he's not doing anything, and we can see it. We can see it. it's really tough, and he's frustrated. He's frustrated with it. He's frustrated with the Tottenham project, you know. Another one that was frustrated was um, oh, that actual frustration as well. from. Can't we all join the club? <laughs> right. Can't yeah. we all frustrated? But, mm. but I, I, I saw um, a reaction from Lucas, who is, you know, he, he's another one. That's, he's a trier. You know, he's always going to try something. But I saw the frustration in his in his face, in his body language, the way about his arms, like because he ran in at one point for a quick pass into the middle. And they, I think they either pass it backwards or they pass it on the wing or something. And I just saw so much frustration in him where he was trying to get something ticking. He was trying to get something going. And he looked a little bit fed up as well. But yeah, I mean, it, it's tough because with Kane, we've seen him. We know him. We know Harry. We know that if he can't score, then he's going to set something up. We know that he's going to run through walls for Tottenham. And if, he, if Kane can't get up for a North London derby, Rick's... Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's done, mate. It's done. It's done. Yeah. It's done. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of come right over you, I know we're gonna, I know you might have to dash shortly. Yeah. Um, and ju- just on Kane, you know, we discuss him at length so much when we talk. Where are you on Harry Kane for you? You know, you know, because obviously from, again, same as you and Rick, you know, you're professional people. You obviously, you work in an industry where you're, you know, forward facing with the public. It, it can't be easy. And you guys know what it is like, to read criticism online from people that don't know you as a person, don't know you as a character for what you are. Does that affect Kane, or or is this now a case where you just feel from what's happened over the course of the summer now going into this season, he just can't seem think, to get I it back? And... Yeah, I, sorry, Ricky boy. I think Kane's body language has, has, has declined since Jose got sacked because he thought that he was going to be the manager to eventually win something for Tottenham. He thought he was the manager to go out there and, and, and give him the belief, right? I read body language, right? I've done thousands of interviews over the years, probably like Ricky as well. He was not happy when that man got sacked. I'm not saying that he wasn't due to be sacked. Let's get that straight. I'm talking about Harry Kane now. He was not happy, okay? And my point is, Ryan Mason came in, his mate. Harry Kane's thinking, hold on a minute. What's going on? I've got my best mate managing me or caretaker managing me now. I've scored another, and he scored two more goals that whole back end of last season. This season, well, you've seen it. His body language doesn't lie. He doesn't want to get injured. He doesn't want to get involved. Okay, if he's the if he's the captain, where was he last the other week against uh, Jaffet, helping him against Palace? He doesn't want to be there. That's fine. So he's going well, to stay injury-free. Hopefully, nick a couple of goals for us. Hopefully, win us a few games. Should he, should he then, be in the team? Then, and then he moved. should he be in the no team? There's no one else, Rick. Rick, who we got? So, so hold on, Ant. You're, you're admit, but and you're admitting there that for you, you know, whatever it is for whatever reason, he's not on form. But are we still going to play a player that really at the moment is? is we only got ten men on the field. And, 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 you know, Rick, I, Rick, I don't know who we got, got, mate. Who, Rick, who have we got? Yes, yeah, Scarlett. Listen, Scarlett. But would you, yeah. would you would you would you would you rather would you rather I, play? I, I, would you, sorry, go on. 
No, I'm, what I'm going to ask you is then, if you're admitting that Kane at the moment isn't in the right mindset, isn't really there at the moment in the frame, would you give someone like Dane Scott an opportunity where that kid is at least going to give you everything that he's got? He's going to run for you. He's going to try for you. He's a kid that is bright. Listen, he's not of the same stature of Kane. No, but... not yet. No, he needs to go off. On... Dane should be on loan at another club, getting game time week in, But he's week not out. because we haven't got another striker. That's the reality, isn't right. it? But all I ever got told, Rick, was who's going to sit on the bench for Kane? Who's going to sit on the bench? And now we're suffering because we never we never did it when we should have done it. Because if Kane goes January and we're nine in 13, 14, what supposedly good striker is going to come to Spurs? Yeah. It's true, though. It's We've true. got problems. We've got problems. We've got um, big problems, mate. And it ain't going to go away anytime soon. So yeah. let's all suck it up and try and ride the wave because I can't see it getting better. I really do hope I'm wrong. I really yeah. hope I'm with. I'm back on your show, mate, and we're laughing and joking and, and flying high in the league. I can't see it at this present time. But mm. that boy's body language doesn't want to be there. And as I said to you, and I repeat myself, the minute that man got sacked, five days before our final, it went wrong. It went, all right, he thought, I ain't, I ain't, what's the point of me being here? Yeah. And you so, saw it on the last game of the season against Leicester when he went, what's the effing point? Or what, yeah. why do I bother or something? I think the key thing is that we've all stressed, I think, as well during the show and previously, that we, we understand and accept that it's going to be one of a transitional season. But I think what you expect is a minimum, as I've always said in this show, you expect commitment, you expect desire, you expect hunger for the badge. And you know, when you look at the goal Spurs conceded, Taylor, to come around to you, the first one um, is all too easy for Emil Smith-Rowe. He's got the freedom of the whole box. He runs across in so much space to, to fire the ball home. And you know, at that time, Arsenal deserved that. You know, bad pressing, bad transition, bad everything from Tottenham. It's just a really awful first 12 to 15 minutes. Then they go 2 0 up, and a Bamiyang is netting this time. And we're just, the only way I can describe this is we're just static. We don't move. We're like statues. And again, you look at it and think, you know, it's the same stuff. We've got four, four players ball watching, ball watching. There's no effort to try and get back, cut the ball out. And, you know, you've got to say, at one point, I thought, should this be even shown before the watershed? Because we were. All over the shop, quite frankly. Um, and, you know, you look at, we discussed Harry Kane, obviously the one effort from distance from him, uh, lost the ball during another attack and in chasing back down the pitch to try and make a recovery tackle on Saka, he then presented the ball to Arsenal. That obviously led to a goal. Um, yet again, Arsenal cut through us to make it 3-0. Like I say, Kane losing the control. I've got to discuss Davison Sanchez and Eric Dyer. Rick, coming over to you, because um, when you look at this, for me, actually, let me go back to Tanya for a second. Let me get Tanya's views on Sanchez and Dyer if I can firstly, because they both went from being a partnership that kept three consecutive clean sheets now to at the start of the season to looking like they never even played together in that game. You, you would, you would, if you watch that game, Tanya, you would think that these guys have never played together before in a Tottenham shirt. You know, Dyer, he was at sea for all of the first half goals. He did play that ball, you know, over the top um, to Kane that should have resulted in an assist in the second half, but. Romero, our, our striker that we've paid over the odds for, that we've actually bargained for for the majority of the summer, is sitting on the bench. How do we come to that conclusion? Well, this is what I mean. We do not look like a team and we haven't looked like a team for so many seasons. You know, we used to be a squad that understood each other, knew what they liked to play. We look like a fluid kind of unit. Now, we're just a team of individuals. There's no consistency. There's nothing. And they do just look like they don't have a clue what each other wants. There's none of this. There's, you know, there's so much of, oh, my bad, my bad. What the hell do they do all week? They're together so much of the time. 
and they do not understand what the others dislike or like. How is that possible? Like, their sole job is to be a cohesive unit, right? Like, that is the point of a defence. They look like they are foreign, that they've been thrown in for an audition to be like, let's see if this works. And that is not good enough. Romero won what? Literally defender of the season last season. And he's sitting in our bench. How is that possible? Biggest Dyer, game last season. In the biggest game of the season, correct. Dyer, I don't even want to go into it because he's not good enough for Tottenham. End of the story. We've said it for years and years, and I think it's getting worse. He's got no pace. He doesn't head a ball. He just, he's not good enough. He, to be fair, the first few games when, yeah, we did shithouse those few wins. Mm. But we knew Tens was coming, didn't we? I, I must yeah. say, we knew this was coming. You know, we even the fact that the free clean sheets, I remember speaking to Anne, I think I most spoke to you, Rick, and said that I've got real reservations that I don't think consistently throughout the season, this is going to work. And, you know, Tanis, surely Romero's got a start. We've spent but, all this money on the guy. But that's the thing. It's also, it's not the first game of the season. You come mm. in from a different league, fair play. You don't stick him in if it's not necessary. But at the same time, we bought him because he was necessary. We've got shit centre-backs. We needed improving. We've sold Jan Toby over the last few years, who were a great unit. They were a pair in their prime they were a unit. They understood each other. They knew exactly what the other one wanted. They'd be where the other one was. That is what a unit is. Mm. Sanchez and Dyer are not a unit. They are two individual defenders who aren't good enough. And they are consistently starting. And that's the problem. Simple yep. as that. They're not going to be a unit. They don't play well together. We needed someone to come in that or keep a Toby or someone that had that experience that could actually kind of teach these younger players potentially. And, you know, make it more of a solid unit. And I think that would have been what was helpful, but we don't have that, which fair enough. But Romero won player of the season for a reason. He's a good bloody defender. You can't tell me he can't start over Dyer, who literally can't do anything. Sanchez as well. Like, why is he on the bench? That is what I don't get. And we've yeah. said, and I feel like a broken record. I say it again, you buy players to improve your team. He technically does improve our team because he's better than the ones we have. Why is he sitting on a bench in the biggest game of the season? Yeah. That's it. Dyer plays because he's passionate. Great. I'm passionate. So what? Like, that's not enough, all of these players. I said, it's not enough to get these starts. If you're shit, you don't play well, you get the bench. That's it. Give him a go. Yeah. It's not going to be any worse. And that's a problem for me. That's just... No, nah. mm. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, you know, Spurs. We did get a goal back, some far in home. But um, if truth be told, listen, we were second best for. I was like we said, Arsenal. They, you know, they, they, from them, the pedal was off. You know, they, they were got. Arsenal were away with that game. Um, Rick, come over to you. Um, Brian Hill, you know, a player that played a really important role in Spurs' win against Wolves during the week in the uh, League Cup. I think many were potentially excited to see him being given the opportunity in North London Derby, spice up a little bit, give the kid a start. That never happened. Today, in terms of Hill, you know, he did play an important role in Son's goal. He slid a pass into regular on the way down the left-hand side to cross for the South Korean. Um, surely, Rick, from what we've seen of the overall team at the moment, we should be building our team around Hill. Shouldn't we be giving him more of an opportunity? I know it's only early days. I know he's coming in the summer. But you want to be giving players like that the opportunity to give us something to grab onto right now, where we're at as Spurs fans. You know, you look at the table, it's so negative. The style of football is negative. The way we're thinking about the manager is negative. The way we're thinking about the ball is negative. Give us something to look forward to. And he always a player that yeah. I do think as Spurs fans, we can look forward to him, surely. Yeah. 
And you know what? As a Spurs fan, we're clinging to those positives. We're clinging to them. We're we're hungry for them. We're desperate for them. So when you see him come on, and like oh, on the back of Talia's point, you know, a new player that wants to prove himself, that wants to play for Spurs, that wants to showcase his skills and his ability. Why not? Why not? And I think that we're we're in that space right now. I think that the the reason that he probably didn't get the start today was because. Nuno went with tried and trusted, experienced players, as in Lucas going on the right here. Um, and so you had Lucas, Sonny, Kane. But um, I, I don't see why not. I didn't get to see the, the, the cup game during the week. Like I said, I only got to see um, some highlights. But um, he, he was, a, he was a, a game changer then. So why can't he be a game changer at Spurs? Why can't why can't yeah. we grow him in the first team? Start him, start him. Let's go for it. But why don't we start him, Romero? He was the only mm-hmm. player that was bought to improve the first team from the off. The rest were there to improve the squad. You know, yeah. like even even someone like Galini. Galini's there to challenge Hugo, yeah. but he's there for the squad this year, right? Yeah. So give him, we're going to have to give him a go. We're going to have to. I think I think we're 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 missing um, the the pace. And trickery of Bergy of Bergwin, and um, he needs a goal, doesn't he? Bergwin, he really does. But the thing is, what until we get this creative player that we lack Mm. and have lacked, we're gonna be useless. We've got the same problems, and I like. Do you still think, Taylor, out of interest, before you say that, even if we get the creative player, I still look at us now, I just think we haven't got even the fundamentals there. I don't think we are disjointed, we are totally Mm. disjointed, but I think. The fundamental issue that we have in an attacking sense, for I forget the defence, is that we don't have players that drive and can create. We look clueless. The ball arrives at your feet. Oh, where shall I put the ball? Tap here, cross there. No long balls, none of this. We don't have the vision to play good football. That They are the players. The creative kind of brain is missing. And that player would make a difference because they'd see the through ball. They'd see this. They'd create a vision or make the runs. And together, that is how it works. And, of course, you don't just put in a player and it's magic box, tick. It's not like that. But that player is what's missing. And we don't have it in our squad. And until we get that, I don't think we're going to be successful. We can start Gil and Skip and Romero. It's going to improve us, but it's yeah. not going to improve us to where we want to be because we're still missing such an important and imperative part of playing good football. And we yeah. didn't recruit that. And that's a massive problem. Yeah. Um, at the moment, you know, I, I, just to kind of cover it off, you know, Spurs, we didn't get what was a stonewall penalty. I mean, in terms of David, it made a massive difference. I don't know. At 3 1, be honest, it's the team mentality, as we've said, is just a cause of concern. Yes, we maybe should have had a penalty. Um, just to kind of t- touch on that from Harry Kane, that looked definitely in the box. Um, but the interesting battle now we've got now is at right back to come round to you, Rick, and that's between Tanganga and Emerson. I think Tanganga, I think he's troubled to make an impact probably on both of the end of the pitch before he found himself being taken off at half-time. Uh, Emerson, he got up and down the right-hand side, provided more of a threat than Tanganga. Uh, how do you see that working out, Rick, in the middle in the season? Do, do you see a case that will just alternate them or do you see one being favoured more than the other at the moment in terms of Tanganga and Emerson? I think Emerson has been brought in to be the number one. I think Tanganga's performance against Man City and in pre-season has probably sh- like sh- shocked the staff around and kind of gone, oh, you know what? We don't have to buy Tomiyasu. We don't have to buy Melenkovic. We don't have to buy that one. He he could fill that role, and we can grow him in the same at, at the same time. But you got to remember, he's still a young boy. So for 
all, all of that pressure on his shoulders. So I think that Emerson is there to be the number one, but he's got to earn it, obviously. Um, and he's got to be put. He's got to put in the performances that that warrant a star instead of just giving him a star, you know. Um, so I I think Tanganga got it today because he's a Spurs boy. Um, you know, he was that defensive of the right backs. He was the more defensive of the right backs. So I was assuming that we was gonna let Reggie bomb on down the left and you know have Tanganga tuck back in to make it a back three at the back. So he was a little bit more solid, but. 12 minutes shows you that 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 didn't work. So, um, so yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think Emerson's going to come in to play the right back role. When he was playing, um, when he was playing last season at uh, uh, Betis, he was more defensive, but he was still attacking. Do you know what I mean? So he is that right back that gives you both. Obviously, he's got to find his feet in the Prem and in England, but he's that right back that gives you both. Um, He's happy to defend, he's happy to track back, but he's happy to push forward and try and make something happen in, in the final third. Uh, there was an interview that came out on Spurs TV early last week, I think it was. It was with him and Lucas, and um, they were having a conversation. And he speaks about, uh, um, Emerson speaks about communication. He likes to have communication with his back four and with those in front of him. And right now, he hasn't got that because of the language barrier. He went, when he went to Spain, he learned Spanish so that he can have that communication. And now that he's here in um, in England, in London, he wants to learn English so that he can have that. Right now, he, the only person that he can communicate with is Lucas. You know, I mean, you know, if they, if maybe like Romero and Lacelso, th- those that speak Port- Portuguese or Spanish, he, he can obviously he can speak to them. But obviously, he wants to speak English so he he can be heard and he can get the the instructions that are needed to be given to him, like in, in in the blink of an eye, rather than getting it translated through Lucas, you know, getting it second, third hand. He wants it first hand. So um, I think giving him time to bed in, giving him time to learn the language, and the thing is that he wants to learn the language, which is encouraging. I, th- I think there's a player in there. I do think there's a player in there. I, I, I do like Tanganga as well, but again, he's young. Uh, we... we yeah. Still, us fans still have the debate about whether he's a right back or a centre back. So yeah. that's going on. So maybe we should have brought in Tommy Asu and and let him go on loan to Galatasaray for the year, and maybe that would have done him the world of good because it wouldn't mm. have hurt the team, you know, at the same time. Yeah, Talia, um, Sergio Regulon, you know, poor for much of that first half, but improved in the second half. Grabbed an assist with 10 minutes to go. Uh, that's one player, but another player I want to discuss is Tungi and Dombele. Um, we've briefly touched upon Tungi. I can see your face there, says it all. Uh, another one who was really slow to get back as Arsenal broke for their goals. Did try and make things happen further up the pitch, but ultimately he couldn't. You know, isn't Dombele one of those players, Talia, that when it's all going right for you, he's a great player to have. But ultimately, when a game is slipping away from you, he's probably one of the worst players to have on a pitch. Am I fair in saying that, do you think, with Tungi? I just think he's not he's not Spurs. He's not. He's got no connection to the club. He moved, uh, you know, we were a better side when he moved, shall we add. But he had his two best pals in Sissoko and Aurier, the little French mafia that they were. And he was doing all right, playing here and there, wasn't overly happy, but was getting better, getting fitter, and just was enjoying himself with them. They've gone. Muggins over there, he's on his own. He's got no pals. 
He doesn't have friends. He's not going to be friends with Larice and speak French together. I can't imagine them two getting on. They are like total opposites of the spectrum. I think he is so gifted. He's such a talent. But I told you, in principle, he's lazy and he's not interested. And you can have all the talent in the world. But if you don't put the time in, you don't want to tra train, you don't want to try, you don't want to be a better footballer, you're not going to succeed. You know, they're in equal parts and he's got the talent. But I just don't think he will have a future here. And it's a shame because he is great. And, you know, he does so many positive things. You watch and you're like, oh, unreal with his feet, does amazing mm. things. But yeah. he also makes a lot of mistakes. And I think the last couple of games, we've seen it. The game yeah. of the week, I know other Ricky didn't see it, but he and was... Yet still, and yet we're still for, picking him. And yet we're still picking him. One, if not two of the goals were his fault, mm. let's be honest. Today, mm. he lost the ball a lot of times. And he'll probably get picked next game. And yeah. it's also weird because, you know... Nuno didn't even want to pick him and had like was very anti tangy a few weeks ago. Now he's yeah. starting. He's well, been a little bit shit. Yeah. I, this is what I don't get though, and I think this is why we're all confused. It's because it's because we're in a desperate situation, Talia. It's because yeah. we're in a desperate yeah. situation where we need any ounce of creativity. So because that he gives it, he exactly. he is that yeah. spark. We're we're willing to take the rest of it. But then yeah. I think that we need to almost, and I know this is almost like babying him a little bit, but. He, I don't think he should be in a defensive position. If he can't defend, if we saw, because yeah. in, in my highlights, I did get to see the yeah. uh, the, the attempt at defending the corner and the, and then the slip. But um, if you can see that, that he doesn't yeah. really have that defensive brain, then keep him up top. Keep him up yeah. top the whole time. Harry can't wait to run back and do someone else's job. Oh, let God. him run back. Let him head it out or let somebody else... Do you know what I mean? Let somebody else get yeah. back back there and you leave him up there so that we're not asking him to do a job that he can't do. Yeah, and and that's what I, that. and, and that's what that's what gets me about even what you were saying earlier about bringing in a creative player. It'll be great to bring in a creative player, but if we're asking him to play alongside, you know, Skippy and Hoiberg and be defensive and track back all the time, then how, how creative is he going to be? You know, no, he was fair. lucky again that... to have someone like Ericsson because Ericsson was happy to do a bit of both in his peak. Yeah. You know, no, I, I agree, but I think you know, ultimately, our squad is a mess, everything yeah. at the moment is a mess, and it is desperation is the right word. We are desperate for someone to do something, and there's no clear plan action, which is why we don't know what he's doing. No, no. one does, they don't know, yep. we don't know, no one yep. knows. And, and until that changes, we're mm. not going to be successful. But yep. I still think you know, ultimately, our offensive play is still our strength or should be our strength and we still don't play to it. And, you know, that is the fundamental raw issues of what is happening. But agreed, players need to play in their position and not play in three other positions just because other people aren't good enough. You know, if you're at work and your your mate's not doing their job, if you do their job as well, you can't perform to your best ability either. So yep. it doesn't work. You, yeah. It's yeah. It's tough. I mean, it's, I won't put us through discussing Delhi and Lucas and Oliver Skip. What I will say on Delhi that he barely made an impact on the match. Was taken off at half time. You make your own judgment in terms of what that's going to hold for the future for Delhi. Uh, more a plenty of Wait, willing runners. Can I well. just say, sorry, just to interrupt mm. there though. It's mm. the point is I don't know what that means for the future. We do. Yeah. This is what we've said the whole pod today yeah. is that mm. you play well, you start. You play yeah. badly, you start. And that is what the problem is. We've all said it, and I can see in the comments as well. Kane, Delhi, Daya, Tangi, whatever. Drop yeah. them because they're not good enough. 
one who you're replacing, B, it's not happening. He's not going to do it. Kane's no. being picked because he's Kane. Delhi's being picked for some reason because he thinks he's Delhi for whatever that is. Like, this is the problem that we're having is that they will start again and will yeah. play again. I think, like you said there, Talia, is he going to really make absolute wholesale changes without having right. players in, you know, in position where he could bring someone in to, you know, replace them? And Mora, you know, plenty of winning running as always, but he couldn't make a dent on the Arsenal defence. Other than that, a late defensive shot that Ramsdale tipped onto the crossbar. Um, what I will say, probably one of the, I don't know if you seem to say it's a positive that came out of that game, uh, but Oliver Skip came on for the second half and at least showed that he knew what a North London derby was, yeah. did put in a cut of tackles, put a, a few slightly early challenges, picked up the other card midway through and Spurs' midfield definitely looked better with Oliver Skip in that team 100%. Um, okay. Like I say, for our listeners on YouTube, thank you so much as always. Um, for our listeners on audio, we are going to go for our final break of the show. Taking you into this break, you're going to hear um, a couple of previews of the NS Mora game to come in the Europa Conference League. And again, yet another good day for the Spurs women. Um, you're going to hear that from our correspondent of Anna Spurs XY there. And um, if you're still watching on YouTube, thank you so much as always. We're going to go into that right now and discuss our Europa Conference League opponents in Mora to come on Thursday. Hello everyone, I'm Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. Good news is the women won today against Reading at home at the Hive, which means we have won three out of three and as things currently stand, as I'm recording this, we're top of the league. The only people who could knock us off is Arsenal if they beat Manchester City, so um, come on City. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting game. It was nice to be back at the Hive. There was a really good crowd, definitely better than anything pre pandemic so um it was very very nice to see that they were quite loud as well so i was really happy with that the game was well let's put it this way one nil was a pretty fair reflection we were the better team we had better chances of barring one slip from bart strip and then a great save from becky from a one-on-one situation but realistically we we didn't really create much we weren't fast enough on the ball we had a couple chances in the first half but it was pretty mediocre um and the second half was a little bit better tempo, a few more chances, but nothing really cutting edge. Up until we made a double substitution with Ayan and Tang coming on and Tang making an immediate impact with a lovely ball through to Jessica Nas, who was having an interesting game because she was dropping very deep, very Kane-esque, but not really, not really allowing her pace to shine because what she does best is when she's up front and then runs through and scores goals like that, which is exactly what she did after a lovely ball through from Tang, past the defenders, um, Jess was one-on-one with the keeper and put it past her in the 84th, 85th minute, which is exactly what we needed. Lovely goal to seal, get the three points at the end of the game. And there was nothing really Reading could do about it. Lovely sunny day at the Hive as well. So it was very, very happy with that. As I said, uh, overall, we're now three out of three, which is cracking i really can't remember the last time we had three wins in a row i can't remember the last time well i don't even know if we've ever done like starting with three wins so it's an absolutely cracking start that being said we know the men did the same thing so you know don't get carried away but it's really good um i'm starting to have more faith in management and everything because i wasn't too convinced after rian came in from karen and juan and then last season well let's just forget about last season i think for everyone's sake um for both men and women but um but now it's looking a little positive I'm not saying it's perfect because I still don't think we know what our best 11 is although we only made two changes from last week's well two weeks ago um 
win against City. So that's really good because I don't like too many changes. But I think Tang looked very sharp when she came on. Cho came on for a little bit at the end. She looked quite positive as well. Um, Kit Graham and Rachel Williams, both of them were great. Becky Spencer with a fantastic save. She wasn't really troubled much after that. Ashley Neville, fantastic as always. So a couple of decent performances today. Nothing crazy to write home about but a very important win against um an unusual like not the best performances so it's very important that we got the win so yeah everyone very happy and hopefully this little segment is a, a little bit of a sunshine i hope you enjoy the rest of the show and come on you spurs mura is the current slovenian football champion so the club is arriving in london in a similar role or way as a slovenian side maribor came to the city for the europa league match in the 2012-13 season when Spurs won with the result 3-1. So what, what is the starting point for Mura ahead of the game against Tottenham? Mura is heading to London from, a, from the small town of Murska Sobota with a population of 11,000 people. So Slovenians are completely aware of the Spurs' role in the Group G. Tottenham is obviously the first candidate to win the group and Mura is the outsider in the general public opinion. So the Slovenian side might might accept a minimal defeat in London too. So they rather prefer to focus on showing a good game and then see what it would bring to them. You know? So what can be said about Mura manager Ante Shimonja? Mr. Shimonja was a very good striker for Maribor. He also played in the Champions League for the club and scored some decisive goal there. So 20 years later, he is considered to be one of the best football managers in Slovenia. He's very experienced and his teams usually play pragmatically for the positive result. After all, he also proved his quality as the coach of Maribor in the Europa League round of 32, I think in the 2013-14 season, when Maribor lost uh, very tight to the Sevilla, later in the same season, the winner of the Europa League. So, so what can we say about tactics? Mura, Mura most often play in the 3-5-2 or 4-2-3-1 systems, so you can expect a similar but modified system in London on Thursday too. So it might be a 5-3-2 or 4-5-1 system with the emphasis on the defense, you know. Coach Ante Shimunja has a lot of attackers at his disposal. This season he used five or six names for two or three positions up the front. They are Ano Luka Bobicanets, uh, Nardin Mula Husseinovic, Mikhail Klepac, Kai Cipot, Amadei Marosha, and Stanis Amandic. Probably Shimunja has the widest attacking options among uh, all the clubs in Slovenian League. But on the other hand, Shimunja's main challenge is the absence of the injured forward Luka Bobicanets. I mean, Luka has been the best. Mura striker in the last few years and teammates miss him greatly, of course. So this could be the main issue for Mura's attack. So if we do a small recap, what should be the starting point of the Mura before the flight to London? I know the main goal is to kind of survive the visit in London without major problems or negative consequences. So obviously... Any positive result of Mura would be surprise, maybe kind of a huge football sensation. I don't know, but it is not the most likely scenario, of course. Tottenham are absolute, absolute favourites in this in this match.
Dear Tottenham fans, greetings from Slovenia with some basic infos uh, regarding your next opponent in UEFA Conference League. As you know, Tottenham will face Slovenian champion Mura. Uh, they are uh, first-time Slovenian champions and they play in UEFA Euro Cups group stage for the first time in their history. Mura is a modest, small side. This is third biggest club in Slovenia. Uh, they are uh, challengers, they are a fighting side. That's how they won this title here. Uh, they overcame uh, Olympia and Maribor, who are the biggest clubs here. Uh, we expect a lineup, something in regard 4 2 3 1, as they played versus. Vitesse Arnhem in the first round of group stage of UEFA Conference League. Mura lost that game 0-2. So uh, the coach Ante Šimunja has uh, very few options in the squad, uh, limited options. Uh, so we expect a defensive-oriented performance, of course, because uh, Mura is used to stay at the back, to sit at the back and wait and uh, try to search some, something in a, way, in a way of counter-attacks and something like that, maybe free kicks and so on. So the biggest strength of uh, Mura is, I think, teamwork ethic. If they can, if they can hold a half-time, they can challenge, challenge an opponent for something more. But of course, uh, Tottenham is a clear favorite here. Uh, but I would like to, to say that Mura is playing 21st match already, a competitive match this season versus Tottenham. Just in Europe they played Skandia, Ludogorets, Jalgiri, Sturm and Vitesse. And at home they uh, beat uh, Olympian Maribor this season already. So, uh, this is going to be the toughest match of course for Mura this season. We don't know what to expect because we don't know how <laughs> seriously Tottenham is going to take this match. But I presume it's going to be a challenge for Tottenham, of course. Uh, so UEFA Conference League is a new league, a new cup. So this is a chance to achieve something in Europe. I'm pretty... I'm not too... Uh, <laughs> I don't expect Mura to challenge for a win, of course. Uh, I don't expect that they can collect some points here, but who knows? Uh, everything else than a defeat with more goals is going to be okay for Mura. As I said, they are new in Europe. They, they collect uh, experience. They will try to face a side from Premier League. It's going to be a, a big match, of course. Their coach, Ante Šimuđa, as a player, he played with Maribor in the Champions League and he also played with Maribor as a coach in the Champions League a few years ago. So, he is used to play, he's used to European football, of course, but of course, the quality is, of course, on Tottenham's side. So, th these are some basic infos regarding your next opponent. Uh, this is it. I hope that we will see a proper competitive match and let 
the best team win. Let's come to you, Tali, to start this because um, Europa Conference League, let's be honest about it, it's a competition that many feel maybe we want to be out of, someone and still be in it, someone is as a development tool. So ahead of Thursday, and on the back of that horrendous result now, what does Nuno do? Does he make a wholesale 11 change? What do you want to see him do on Thursday in that Europa Conference League? I think it's so difficult because prior to the season, you know, we were all, I would say for the most part, quite unhappy about being in the competition because it is Farmers League, so they say. Um, And we were all like, do you know what? We'll be able to play our youth team. The academy players, for the most part, or at least our fringe players, will be playing those games and it is an opportunity for development. So there's no reason why we can't take it seriously, et cetera, et cetera. It's not becoming that because... We had trouble with the last ones, which I guess was unexpected trouble. It's going to keep happening. If we play a depleted team, we're not good enough. Our fringe players, our academy players, even some of our first team players aren't good enough. So we're not going to do well. And we can't afford to play our first team players in all of these competitions. So I think we're stuck. And... I don't know what he does. And this is what, again, I think is a little bit confusing because he has mixed it up. Let's play some fringe players. Let's play some academy players. But let's captain Kane or let's captain this. Like, it doesn't make much sense. And I think the game plan is now lost in that we can't just use our academy and fringe players for these competitions, which is a shame. Um, But we need a way to win (laughs) and not impact our Premier League chances. chances Is this important to you, this competition, Talia? Is it important to you, this competition? It's not. Uh, No, obviously on paper it's not, but I don't believe we're going to get Europe this season. That is the Mm. easiest route of getting European football. And if I was him, as unfair as it is, I would play the weaker teams with weaker players and especially the away games. Um, You know, when you're at home, you play with your mediocre team and you have your strong players on the bench um, and if they need to come on they come on and then in the later stages if there is you know we do get to them and you need to play slightly stronger players you've got to take it seriously to some degree because we're not going to get there's no way we're getting top four and I'd be surprised if we even get Europa if things go the way that they are so if they want European football that's our best chance of getting it which is ironically just I don't know yeah. It's, not, it's not important, but I don't know what the solution is. We can't sack it off. We're not going to sack it off because it's still a competition. But I don't think our team is good enough to win um, it in general, let alone using our other players for the group stages. So I think it's difficult, but we've got to try, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I say for our listeners that are on audio, they've afforded there to hear a couple of previews. Um, Rick, for you going into this game against NS Mora, what do you want to see in terms of changes? You know, we've come off the back of a really damaging um, physically and mentally North London derby there. You've got a feeling there's got to be something to mix it up now. You know, do you think Rick, there'll be 11 straight changes? What do you want to see as a supporter going into Thursday that's going to give you the confidence that Spurs are going to show the right reaction? It, it, it's, it's tough, Ricks, because exactly what Tally was saying there, you know, for, for all of us, we kind of don't want to be in this competition, but we have to accept that this is the level that we're at right now. You know, yeah. this, is, this is where we're at right now. And like Tally said, it's, it's an opportunity to, to get into the Europa League, which, you know, <laughs> even that competition, even that competition no, is no, over no, one. No, we're fighting but, for the competition we don't be in. But yeah, exactly. But now we've got to fight for it. 
So um, at first, when we when we first jumped into this, I was like, you know, like let's have the kids in as many kids in as like de- you know develop them, and you know whatever happens happens because it'll be you know to to keep the eleven fresh for the Premier League, we're gonna have to go hard at the Premier League. But if you look at the performances in the Premier League. I'm scratching my head and my face. I'm crying out. What? Well, if there ain't no plan there, then we might need to put together a plan for this conference league. Do you know what I mean? Because what else have we got this year? Like, I, I, I know it's, I know it's free results. Do you know what I mean? It's all London derbies. It's, it's the all manner three nil. It's, it's the manner. It's, but it's the, the manner. It's the manner of them. It's exactly that. It's yeah. exactly that. I, look, if we went that, if we lost. But we put in a fight, do you know what I mean? Or we put in a sliding challenge like Skippy. If we done something that gave me some type of encouragement for the league, then I'd be like, all right, and cool boys, let's just but I can't, I can't, I can't give you the encouragement. I and I didn't see any encouragement. So I think now we have to look at the conference league with a different look, with a different squint in our eyes. So I think it's tough. I think that at least the back four, they need to start working together. Whatever your first choice back four is, with Romero, whoever that is, mm. uh, partnering him and Reggie on the left side, whoever that, whoever the back four is, they need to just start working and being in more games together. If we change yeah. the rest in front of them, okay, great. But the back four, they definitely need to start playing together because we've got two there. Romero and Emerson that ain't used to it yet that need to bed in and we need them fit and firing and to give us you know levels in the Premier League so if they can pick up their fitness and if they can pick up the tactics and the way that they you know that we want to play yeah, through the Conference League for a league that doesn't really matter then I think that's what we need to do yeah agree well, guys I'm gone sorry to, you, just to add to that and I, I just saw a comment that kind of reflects it is that we have been spoiled for the last X amount of years with Poch being in the Champions League, reaching a final yeah. somehow, credit or not credit. You know, we got there and we got used to being a club that automatically got top four or mm. even Europa League. And that is something that became regular and our mindsets then changed to constantly expect that. But we are a very average team right now and yeah. everyone oh, else is improving. Yeah. So we're not going to be at that level. And we are technically still playing European football. It's not where we want to be. It's not where the club wants to be. It's not where anyone wants to be. But, you know, you've got God knows how many teams under us that would, you know, do anything to play in that competition. And I think that level, as much as it is shit and we don't want to be in it, we kind of have to play it and take it semi-seriously because like we've all just said, we're not going to get Europe any other way. And, Mm. What's worse than being in this is probably none. <laughs> but I think, Talia, what, what you said there for me is very key. You said there, you know, we've got to accept. I think that's a hard thing. We've got to mentally try and comprehend now that that is no longer our level. And I think once you accept that, you can then try and deal with this situation better. And that is the hardest thing right now, that we're trying to comprehend, you know, where we are in the league, how and what we're playing in terms of football, the players that we've got, the lack of effort, the lack of energy, lack of everything. And putting that all together, it's just trying to mentally come to terms with that. I was saying to Rick yeah. before, you know, this is so tough. This is so tough. You know, to do, to, do, to do a show like this is so difficult because you have so many different opinions, so many different agendas, um, so many different opinions on the media as well that come into it now that, you know, just 
you know, when you try and put this together to do a show, it's so difficult. You're discussing not only the team, you're discussing the manager, you're discussing the board, you're discussing the fans, and you're putting that all into context. And it's so hard to do that. And that's why these shows are nearly about two hours long because you're trying to squeeze all this in per game. So, um, guys, finally, I don't want to take you any longer now. I'm just going to get your prediction ahead of Thursday. I know you're pretty terrified to give this one. Talia, let's come to you Thursday. Uh, what are we going to see? What do you expect? Are we going to smile again? Feels like Miles says he smiled again to stop the birds here. We're at home, aren't we? So I would expect that we will play a fringe or more fringe kind of team mm. to start. And yeah. if it is not going to plan for whatever reason that may be, the big guns, the big oh, guns God. will be yeah. brought on. Uh, we can't lose. They're could you imagine the atmosphere in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium if we lose oh, that on Thursday? I mean, oh, I my think God. It's, it's going to be negative anyway if people even show up. But we have to win. I think we will win mm. because they are a team that really should not be able to beat Tottenham Hotspur, regardless of who's on the pitch. And like mm. I said, I think the players will have to come on if we need them. And yeah. I've got a job to do after this. They'll want to get Sonic back on the ground running as well prior to yeah. Villa at the weekend. So I will go for an optimistic... 3-1. Um, with my fingers crossed, I think we'll concede because we're not very good, but yeah. we should do enough to win. So uh, yeah. I'll go 3-1. <laughs> okay. I've got someone actually putting me to justice in the comments there. Finesse Seven saying to me, smile after a win against Mora. Is there something wrong with you? So, um, okay, maybe not That's smile. That's the level we're at. That's the thing. I maybe, should, should, I, I maybe should use the word smile. Maybe just uh, frown. I don't know anymore. Rick, let's come to you. Um, what are you expecting ahead of Thursday? I think what's key we haven't discussed tonight is maybe... Do we look to change the formation? I think that's one of the things that a lot of people are bringing up, the fact that this formation, it just isn't working. And someone says, you know, 4-3-3 is not going to work. The formation for Tottenham is 4-2-3-1. Quite now, I just want to see 11 players giving them everything. I don't really care about the formation. I don't really care about the players. I just want to see the players just play again for the club, just play again and make me feel proud to be a Spurs fan. And I just feel so low right now that, you know, I don't really feel like these players want to play for the club. And that's really sad. And you look at the key talisman in Harry Kane that wanted away. I'm finding it very hard to give any kind of justice or any kind of belief as to why these players are going to turn it around. Because I don't think they care. And, you know, this is why you do need a Pochettino to come in and just reinvigorate the whole place. But we haven't got him. Um, and, but we haven't. No, but we're not. And, and, I must, and, I must, and I must say as well on Poch, you know, I was one of the first fans when it was going wrong that said, maybe we need a change here. And I'm not suggesting that Pochettino comes back and it's all going to go right. For me, if I'm being honest with you, I think this is going to be a very, very long, painful process. I think we are going to end up probably letting Nuno go at some point. Are we going to stumble across the right man? I don't know. As I said on this show, and I'm going to be honest with you, the, the ceiling is the ball. That that will always be the ceiling. And I think, you know, until there's some kind of economic change, something changes within the functions of Tottenham, I think right. we're always going to be in this ongoing cycle. Yeah. So never I say Rick for the 150th time tonight. Let's come around to you and get your prediction. <laughs> oh mate. Um so yeah for, so for me uh, like I'd like to see the back four like a consistent back four at least. All right, Galini comes in, okay fine. Mm. But I would like to see a, a consistent back four just, just for a couple of games so that we can take it into the league. But otherwise, look, man, get kids out there. Get the ones that really want to play. Get, give them an opportunity. Give Niall John an opportunity. Give Scarlett an opportunity. You know, uh, uh, Mark Hande, I think he, the boy's name is. Give him, give him an opportunity too. Why we spent $10 million on Jack Clark, lost out to Bruno Fernandes so that we can yeah. get Lo Celso and Jack Clark. Play, play, play Clark. 
Like, yeah. So give these boys that want to, that want, that have a like a, a fire in their belly to play for Tottenham, let them play. Apart yeah. from just the back, win, court, you know just what I mean? win. Agreed. Yeah, and just win, win and just win. Yeah. I, I would take a happy two 0 because we yeah. need a, a clean sheet and we, a, and we need a performance. But that's it. It's not even the result for me, Talia. Yes, it's, 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 it's the point. I need, yeah. I need to, to, see, to something. see something happen. Yeah. I need points. to see something happen. Yeah, yeah I want the three points. But I want to see some patterns of play. I want to see some dynamism. I want to see some risk taking. I want to see those that are there to defend defend. I want to see those that are there to put in a challenge, put in that challenge. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. those that are meant to score, score. Let's go. Let's have yeah. it. I still Let's love my right. team, even though we've ranted for two hours. I still love them. I still can't. I still can't <laughs> smile without them. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. It's just the frustrations because we see no, it because we live it every single day. Joe, mm. if any if any if I see any fans say you're supporting Spurs because you're a glory hunter, that that would kill me. You know, if you're supporting Tottenham, you are. You know, right. else, if you're supporting Tottenham, you are certainly not here for the trophies at the moment. Anyway, I was born into this misery. <laughs> my fault as well. my, my dad, who I know watches this, I said to my dad, I said this is your fault. I said oh, I can't get out of it now. I said last week we were watching it at Chelsea. I thought, oh my god, it's just the thought of what it's coming in to have to talk about it for another hour and a half. That kills me afterwards. <laughs> I know. No. Listen, Ricks. At 3-0, at 3-0, I wanted to turn it off. I wanted to turn it off. It's your fault. I had to watch the whole night in it so that we can it's talk about it tonight. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the worst thing, right? You know when you pre-book guessing, you think, oh, my God. And, and I, I feel, oh, I've got a great panel for tonight. It's been so optimistic and positive. And then that happens, you think, oh, my God. How am I even going to convince anyone to want to come and discuss this utter oh, shit show mate. that we find ourselves in? But um, I must say, on that note... Um, a wonderful thank you for having her back. The brilliant Talia Corrin on the last one on Spurs. Talia, we always love your opinions. Thank you so much, Talia, as always. Uh, thank you for having me, even in such terrible circumstances. It, it helps yeah. to talk about you know what, Talia, it. You, you, was, you was due this because you came on the back of Spurs being top of the league and we won a game. So this is always going to happen at some point. Look, I think most of the time I'm on it, unfortunately, when we lose. So uh, I could say I'm used to it. But Tally's always here when it when the shit hits the. F- I always feel like she's always yeah, here. It's, it's like going... when Potra's. Oh, whenever it kicks off, I'm she's here. here. So you know, oh, pre-book me, God. and then you know that something. <laughs> I'm, Joe, I'm not pre-booking before a cup final, Joe. No, a well, cup final. Like, the chance would be nice, wouldn't it? My God. Um, I've got to say also a massive thanks to Anthony Costa who joined us and obviously um, currently gigging at the moment all across the UK. So thank you so much to Anthony Costa. And of course, Back by always popular demand. My my guy Ricky J Norwood. Ricks, uh, thank you so much. I'm sorry to have to make you watch the 90 minutes of that. Um, but I'm sorry, I can't take it back from you that you had to watch that. I'm so sorry, but thank you as always. No worries. Always a pleasure, always an honor. Love doing the show, Rick. So anytime you need me, you let me know. Always win, lose, or draw. Come on, you Spurs, you know. Win, lose, or draw. And I must say, the comments are absolutely ballistic tonight. We had, I think, at one point, nearly over a thousand people watching us live, which is quite simply insane when you think about that result and what Spurs were going through. Um, I would say what you're doing with yourselves, but you're probably exactly the same as us, absolutely heartbroken and trying to find someone of solace that feels uh, what you feel. Listen, we're all going through pain. This is what it is being a Spurs fan. Um, But you know what? I always am told there's always another game, even if it's your other conference league on a Thursday. So, um, these guys, as always, most importantly, keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on, you Spurs. Come on. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.